watch Action Sports Jacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Now Action Sports Jacks is on your radio. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and a jar in Levine Studios. Here's your host, Brent Martineau. Take me out to the ball game. Come Go on. on. No, I'm, I'm waiting to see what, what you got. Hey, you know what? I forgot, actually. Gosh, I was going to bring some Cracker Jacks and peanuts in. Forgot all about it. You got your Brewers shirt on. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, I see you rocking the Red Sox. No, no. I got... This well, is I mean, a golf yeah, shirt. But I'm seeing... Underneath oh, them, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, there we go. Once I get a little hot and warmed up and lather <laughs> up on the show, I might just have the T-shirt on. Who, who are the Sox playing today again? The Mariners. Ah, uh, I got you. Yankees are winning 6-1. to one. I, you know, I love Yankee fans. Enjoy, the, like, the first day or two and see the Bombers go. And then talk to me in, like, August when the season really begins in October. How's October been for you lately, Yankee fans? Brent, I'm not going to lie. You are not going to like my MLB predictions today. Yeah, I bet. Spoiler alert. Um, can't wait to get to them. We get a little head start on the uh, MLB predictions. You can kind of see what happens in the early games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the Mets are winning. So, yeah, Mets... For sure, going yeah. at least to the playoffs this year. Well, I can tell Looking you this. Good. There's not an ounce of this person that will pick the Mets to do anything. And I <laughs> nailed the Mets last year. Everybody's like, the Mets are going to be great. Mets are going to be great. And the Mets were awful mm-hmm. a year ago. Now, they did get banged up, but they weren't going to be great last year anyway. They're hitting. They just didn't have enough. And I question whether they have enough hitting again this season, although they do have some fantastic pitching. We'll talk a little baseball tonight. Why not? Uh, on the show. We won't talk it endlessly, I promise, but we'll we'll weave it in and out. I uh, love baseball, but I also understand that uh, baseball doesn't necessarily drive our listenership that <laughs> here, it does in, not. here in Jacksonville. So uh, we will uh, certainly talk about it because it's a fun day, opening day. There's a feel to opening day that is kind of cool. Now, I've lost it a little bit because, quite honestly, my kids play so much baseball and softball that I kind of feel like it's always baseball. And a couple years ago, we actually did. I don't know if the kids were out of school or when they got home. It was like one of the Wednesdays where they get out a little early and uh, baseball started up and we did the whole thing. We did hot dogs and hamburgers and uh, the Cracker Jack. It was kind of fun. We had a little opening day in the living room uh, watching some balls. So uh, I love, love, love uh, baseball. Tiger Woods is playing today. He's down to Brant Snedeker in the uh, WGC event, the match play event. We'll see if he can win this afternoon. We'll get you up to date on a little bit uh, of the golf. And NCAA tournament resumes. Get your brackets back out. And hopefully, well... My Elite Eight and Final Four do a little bit better than my Sweet 16. Yeah, because you're in last place right now. So I am need, in last place. You need a miracle here. You know, listen, I don't need to win. I already kind of know I'm a winner. But I just <laughs> don't really want to lose. And especially to Coos. Uh, so, about the ball game. You're a winner in your eyes or absolutely. in society's eyes? What do you think? Screw society. <laughs> all right. So it's all about Brent Martin today. I got yeah. you. Okay. Well, no, right. it's not really. I mean, you can if you you can feel however you want to feel. I'm just comfortable in my winning. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, simple as that. But I wouldn't mind getting – I'm a little torn today. I kind of am rooting for Florida State. How do you not root for that story? Phil Colfer's story, Leonard Hamilton, this team that everybody's so down on that program for so long and, and – I I like the locals winning, too. Florida, Florida State, the little Miami, Georgia, UCF. I kind of like that, and I'm pulling for all of you, even though sometimes you all drive me nuts. Uh, but <laughs> I, I like Florida State. Now, I've got a little bit of a conflict here because I didn't win the lottery last night, and my bracket says Gonzaga's winning it all. 
So I'm very conflicted, but I win either way. And I'm not doing so great in my bracket, so I'm not even sure Gonzaga winning would help. So I'm pulling for you today, Florida State. But I really think this shapes up on paper as one of the games of the tournament. I think we could come back to tonight and say this was one of the best games we've had of the tournament. Now, it's going to be tough to top that Duke-UCF game. That was really, really good. Heck, the LSU-Maryland game here, the Belmont game The Belmont game, too, was good. Right? Uh, And the Wofford-Kentucky game was good. So we've had some good games already. But I think right now... when you say that that Duke game is the best game of the tournament? Yeah, and I think going forward, I, I agree the fact that the you know Gonzaga Florida State game could be a pretty entertaining one. But I'm also looking towards uh, Tennessee and Purdue, especially a Purdue team that listen. It's kind of the same story. It feels like every single year with Purdue, where. They're seated pretty high in the tournament, expected to do things, and they always kind of choke. And this year, I mean, Purdue's just been cruising in the tournament so far. They are living and dying by the three. Um, and they're a really entertaining team to watch, along with Tennessee, who just oozes athleticism. So from that standpoint, I think that one might be a pretty good game to watch as well. I like it. I like the fact that uh, we could – bottom line is we could all say they're great on paper. We'll see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we'll hopefully get some good games this Sweet 16 Elite Eight weekend. Should be a lot of fun uh, with the – NCAA tournament, Florida State Pro Day taking place, and I really think the headliner and maybe the only headliner coming out of Tallahassee is Brian Burns. Hope to be able to check in on his Pro Day and see uh, exactly what's going on uh, there in Tallahassee. And Burns, to me, like yesterday, uh, this this isn't a, you know how we feel about it. We're not Gators, Knowles, whatever. Yesterday we went to Gainesville, one, because it fit the schedule a little bit. They started earlier than than, uh, the Tallahassee Pro Day did. But two, there were five locals that were part of the pro day yesterday. Five kids from the Jacksonville area that took part in the pro day. And on top of that, Jawan Taylor is really a predictable Jaguars selection later in April. I think the only way a guy like Burns gets to Jacksonville is if they trade back. Say Washington wanted to trade up or someone like that, and Burns is there at 15, or I think Washington's picking 15. Maybe they're picking 13. But somewhere in that kind of range where the Jags trade back and tight ends are off the board and you still can get a really good pass rusher like Burns, I don't see him as a top 10 pick. Although some people have mocked him as high as a top 10 pick, especially with a guy like Ja'Kai Polite falling. Mm -hmm. And that's we had a conversation about him yesterday uh, quite a bit. Ja'Kai Polite's an interesting fact just because obviously he's not going to go top ten anymore. He's probably not going to go even in the first round. I mean, yeah, I, it looks I, like he'll slip out of that. Probably talking about second, third round. Listen, a team's going to take a chance on him. Uh, there's no doubt about it, and that's what teams do sometimes, especially teams in need of a pass rusher because uh, you have to understand, does the talent outplay the off-the-field concerns? And when you're talking about Polite, yeah, you see his combine numbers and you see how those meetings went and everything. One would say, well, this guy's got a lot of baggage. He has a lot of red flags. But then you turn on that film and you see what he's capable of. There will definitely be a team that is going to try to take a risk, you know, try to gamble on him a little bit. Pass rusher is kind of a, you know, it's, there's no way of knowing. I mean, listen, you know, there's clownies and guys like that. I think Montez Sweat's going to be a pretty good pass rusher as well. I mean, he shows, he just pops out on film. The combine numbers obviously uh, tell the same story. But from a pass rushing perspective, you really got to have that guy in mind, unless the guy just falls to you. But, for instance, I mean, there's different body types and whatnot, but you have to ask yourself, in your defensive scheme, are you trying to have the guy go down to a three technique? Are you just trying to have him be a primary five or, and, and, the, and you know, like that wide nine technique? So from that perspective, 
it all depends on where those guys fit in the scheme. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll talk more about the pro day, see what's coming out of Tallahassee in that regard. Also, uh, a little back to Gainesville because the Gators scrimmage. We'll hear from Dan Mullen about what he expects and what he anticipates this time of year and what they could see uh, at the scrimmage in Gainesville this afternoon. Little NBA, stay in your lane, balling and falling. We got it all here on a Thursday on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Plus, we have a couple of guests, too. Jason Christie from the Jacksonville Iceman will join us, the head coach. They've only got a couple of games left in the season. And I've got some bad news for you on the Iceman front, Austin Lane. Uh-oh. But I've got some good news as well. Okay. It's good and bad news Thursday <laughs> for you when it comes to the Jacksonville Iceman. And Brett Myers, country music sensation. Former big league pitcher from Jacksonville will join the show in the 4 o'clock hour. Talk a little bit about opening day, Major League Baseball, as we get set for the 2019 season. Glad you're along with us on a Thursday, everybody. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Scott back. We invited him back. One, because we had no choice, and two, because he was fantastic (laughs) yesterday. Best of a worst-case situation. (laughs) Hey. That's what you get when you listen to us. Three to six. <laughs> we're just trying to make it work, man. On ESPN 690. That's our new slogan. More to come. <laughs> it's a big sell. A big time sell. <laughs> ESPN 690. <laughs> we're just trying to make it work, man. It's <laughs> coming up next. <laughs> this is Action Sports Jacks with Brent Martineau on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Magic Whiteboard is out early. Yeah. As always. always out. Early and often. What you got on the whiteboard here on the Thursday? 16. Trash MTV show. Good basketball viewing. Hey, have you ever seen my Sweet 16? No. On MTV? It'll piss you off. It's, it, <laughs> it's basically just like a bunch of spoiled 16-year-olds that, uh, you know, they have, like, their dream uh, Sweet 16th birthday, so they're getting, like, Mercedes and stuff like that. And it's just, uh, yeah, it'll uh, it'll really make you wonder where you went wrong as a parent sometimes and things like that. But I always think it, it makes me wonder where you go wrong when you sign up for one of those. Like, would you do – would you – it's interesting. Like, we try to tell stories on TV, especially, and we're like, hey, can you give us some access? We'd love some access. We want to tell you, like, what's your day like? You know, mm-hmm. we, we almost, we request these things. Mm-hmm. And then at the same token, I'm like, I would never sign up to do a reality show. Now, I think it's a little no. bit different to do a one-off story for three or four minutes or a, even a half-hour documentary or, or something like that and tell your story. I think that that could be kind of fun. But these reality shows that... Like, would you sign, seriously, is there one that you would sign up for? And I'm not talking like The Amazing Race or, or American Idol that you go sing and, and use a talent to do. I'm talking about one that kind of showcases your, like, how you live your life every day. Nope. Would you sign up for Absolutely it? not. No. I mean, would I... Do you I, think it would be interesting? Would I exploit my son to play with toys and make me millions of dollars on YouTube? Possibly. Possibly. But when it comes from just me, myself, absolutely not. Uh, it was funny. Back... I think this was 2012. I was still on the, on the Jaguars and uh, Folio Weekly, which is a popular you know newspaper. Um, yeah. What, what would you call it? It's like it's like an entertainment Magazine news. Yeah. Like, like, like a, but it's made of paper. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's uh. Well, it's listen, like a magazine, pretty yeah, much. We'll say. We'll continue to promote it once they determine that we're the best show in Jacksonville. There right? we go. Because they do, they do hand out the awards, and I think they actually have a, a best new 
you know, I think personality on the radio as well. So, so would that be you or me? Shout out to well, you've been on the radio for a while, so <laughs> you aren't new, sir. So anyway, like, might be Jake Ryan. comes back on again. Uh, but so getting back to the story, so Folio Weekly did a thing in Jacksonville where it's like the most eligible bachelors. This is obviously back when I was single, and um, I was I was in the Folio, you know, the Weekly uh, as a most eligible bachelor. Well, that was in the magazine or whatever you want to call it, but there's also on the website. And, like, my friends being my friends thought that meant I was actually going to be on The Bachelor on ABC. So, like, it, <laughs> word got back home. And, like, I had about, like, five phone calls saying, dude, you're on The Bachelor on ABC? That's so sick. I'm like, no, I'm not going on The Bachelor on ABC because, let's be honest, that. Uh, and it's funny because Clay Harbor, the guy that, yes. uh, the tight end, yes. spent some time in Jacksonville. He's actually Spending having a, a comeback. Time here. Yeah, he's actually having a comeback now. He's trying to get back into the league. He was on The Bachelor. Just not my style, man. Not even close to being my style. No. There's, I would there's never no do Now, listen, you could probably, you, you want to do a, I don't even think it would be that interesting. Uh, it's like following me around or, and that's probably why they don't really do those kind of shows. You yeah. got to add the drama and the uh, sexual part, I guess, of The Bachelor or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And, well, you can stay away from me on that stuff. But uh, I, I just don't know how fun it would be. Like, I think The Bachelor is one of the, we talk about it all the time. I just think it's one of the most ridiculous shows. Well, like, what's the prize? You get married? Sweet. If I'm single, <laughs> I can go on like Tinder or something and try to find a date. I'm going to go on a reality TV show, spend my time, spend my effort for marriage, and that's it? Like, well, nothing else comes of it. Well, not you, only you're, that. You a million dollars. Oh, yeah, but everything you do is just caught on tape. I mean... Yeah, exactly. It, it, it can ruin your image. Yep. It doesn't. Does it help people's image? Does reality TV help people's image? I know it can yeah. make them a lot of money. I know it can make them a lot of money. But you usually make a lot of money on reality TV because you're a, you're not afraid to make a fool of yourself. I remember, like, and I don't watch Dancing with the Stars, but I think there was a guy on there who, or maybe it was a girl. She was deaf, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. And I had no idea who she was, and obviously I really don't know who she is anymore because I don't remember her name. But I remember, like, I think she won or got second place, but, like, that was, like, a big, um, you know, thing for her because no one really knew who she was. I mean, she was, like, and I don't even remember, like, what field she was in, if she was, like, a, an actress or whatever. But, I mean, she got popular off that, just like, you know, with American Idol and whatnot. But those, those aren't really, I mean, yeah, I'd call them reality TV shows. Like, those shows kind of showcase people's talents. Well, I, that's true. I think if it's a, a show that can showcase a talent, then it's a lot better than just like a straight I'm up. About like how Desperate Housewives yeah. and and uh, and the Kardashians yeah. and but let's that's be honest, where you so make your money. Those aren't even that real though, Brent. Like those are all scripted. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, like I mean, I guarantee you could have your own reality TV show and they could write something interesting. And I don't have time. Okay. Yeah, they, oh, they would have to really work hard to write something interesting. Yeah. I played golf today. <laughs> went to eat. Came in here and talked to Nick for a while. Nice. That's it. Yeah. Sounds like a blast. Yeah, I mean. Follow around with a camera. Sounds like the life to me, man. <laughs> Just going with the flow. Nothing wrong with that. All right, let's talk about Florida State-Gonzaga. Big game tonight. Uh, how do you seriously, again, we, we talk about, I think Gonzaga is a team that people don't dislike. So it's not like, listen, if you had Florida State against Duke or Florida State against North Carolina, I'd be like, I'm tired of North Carolina. I'm tired of Duke. I get it. Uh, I don't think people are tired of Gonzaga. Maybe few, but I don't think a lot. And then you have Florida State, who, again, is a pretty nice story, a feel-good story. Uh, in, a, in a lot of parts because you have a, a little sympathy now with Phil Kofer and what they're all dealing with, uh, with with the loss of his dad. 
But I think even feel good from a Leonard Hamilton point of view, feel good from Florida State we don't see year in, year out in, in March Madness. We did last year Elite Eight run. But before that, I mean, it had been so, so long that we saw Florida State make some noise. So they're, they're a nice story. This last couple of years of Florida State is a really nice story, and I kind of like that. But the bottom line is don't let any of those emotions or whatever take away from we have two really, really good basketball teams, dynamic basketball teams that I don't believe the rest of the country knows a lot about, too. I think they're kind of a couple of secrets in college basketball and Gonzaga because, well, I know program Gonzaga. I'm talking about their team this year, Gonzaga. Gonzaga's really, really good. They look terrible in the final of, of their conference championship. They lost to St. Mary's. And that's really the only time anybody watched them play because it was, I think, okay, it's it's March Madness time and we're going to watch Gonzaga. They haven't watched more than three games of Gonzaga all year. I can promise you that. And a lot of people don't watch Florida State play either because they get lost in the shuffle in the ACC. My point is they're really two good basketball teams and we got a heck of a game tonight. We do, and you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the, I'm gonna let bygones be bygones. You know, Florida State crushed Murray State. I'm taking that out of my pick here. I right? appreciate that yeah. too. That's, um, that's this nice is, of you. This is strictly business. It's not personal. But let's be honest here. Gonzaga is coming and boasting the second ranked efficient offense right now, and the number one scoring offense in in the tournament, uh, in in the NCAA tournament. So, pretty legit. Now, don't get me wrong, Florida State. I think it's a top 10 defense overall uh, when you're talking about, you know, tenacity and scrappiness. So you can't count Florida State out there. And when I was predicting the Murray State-Florida State game, I said Florida State had to kind of slow things down, don't let John Morant get going. Well, actually, Florida State did the exact opposite, you know, and they kind of put their foot on the gas a little bit and played a fast-paced game. Murray State couldn't keep up. Um, And whether it's Florida State crashing the boards, this transition, Murray State was definitely outgunned and outmanned. When you're talking about Gonzaga, that's Gonzaga's game. It's playing fast. It's shooting the three. I mean, they have a lot of good shooters. They have a lot of experience, and obviously they have the length. And if I'm Florida State, that's going to make me a little nervous. So I'm leaning towards Gonzaga just for the fact that, listen, this is kind of a rematch from last year, correct? Because I think Gonzaga got beat by Florida State in the Sweet 16. Wow. Hey, we'll take me out to the ballgame. Right on time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not sure if the fans can hear that or not. Okay, anyways, well, so uh, I don't know what that was. Hey, we're trying our best here at the SCS 690. That's our slogan. But, uh, but I think that was supposed to be. That's supposed my to be bad, good. fellas. Hey, that's all, all right. good, I, man. Listen, take me out to the ball game any day of the week. All good. <laughs> but I am taking Gonzaga. I think too much experience, too much length, and too many shooters. Well, listen, you know, I just said uh, Florida State and Gonzaga, probably two of the best kept secrets at times in terms of their basketball teams this year. I think if you go up and down the road and you say, hey, give me uh, four players from each team, three players from each team, I don't think many people would be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I And and I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm an expert at Gonzaga either. We've watched a lot more Florida State because we're close to it. But it's really a night of it. Purdue and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I mean, people know around here a little Tennessee because they've watched them in the SEC. They watch them play Florida a couple times. But I don't think anybody knows about Purdue. And Purdue's been good all season long as a three seed. I'll give you one even better. Texas Tech. Texas Tech is really good. Yeah. And they're playing Michigan. We know Michigan because what they've done the last couple of years. We know Michigan because they're Michigan. But the last couple of years, they've been very good. And, you know, national championship kind of good. So I think 
people automatically say, well, Michigan's got that game. Who the heck is Texas Tech? And then the real odd game is Oregon against Virginia because Virginia already has shown they can be beat, but they can be unbelievably good. And then Oregon, I think, is playing one of the best. They're, they're playing really good basketball the last few weeks. They're a yeah. 12 seed that's playing really, really good basketball. So... I think it's a coin flip in all these games is my point. I think this is a great night of basketball because I have a really hard time predicting who's going to win these four games. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you could put money on it, I think you'd say Arizona would beat Oregon's probably, you know, as far as chalk would be concerned. Virginia, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, not Arizona. Yeah, Virginia. Hello. Arizona um, doesn't have a chance. No, no, no. Virginia. Uh, (laughs) But listen, I mean, you can't doubt Oregon, though, either because they're coming off, you know, they, they won their conference tournament. Um, embarrassed Wisconsin. I'm not, I'm not really sure that's really saying much. I mean, and they beat a and then they beat a UC, you know, Irvine team that beat Kansas State. So you can't really knock Oregon either. Um, I think that game's gonna be tomorrow too, right? Or is that tonight? Uh, that's tonight. That game's tonight. Okay, late so, tonight. Late tonight. Yeah, so I'm taking Arizona in that one. Um, but like I said, I'm Arizona. There you go again. Why you got Arizona? I don't know why I got Arizona, my man. Uh, Virginia. Sorry, I'm taking Virginia. Pack twelve. I have taken Pack twelve. Um, and then as far as Michigan and you know Texas Tech, uh, you got to go with Michigan, right? I have to. But yeah. I like the I like the people who pick Texas Tech here. I think you got a real chance, and, nobody, and not a lot of people did it. And I'm just going with Michigan, and that's who I picked in my bracket, too, obviously, is just the fact that I've seen Michigan play the whole season. Obviously, I've been following Wisconsin a little bit. I know how good they are. Um, Texas Tech, all I know about them literally is that they like to create turnovers. Well, Michigan, when it comes to turnover, like, turning the ball over, uh, they're, like, I think number two or number three in terms of ball efficiency, not turning the ball over. So I think they're smart. Um, they're very disciplined. And I don't see Texas Tech uh, being able to create turnovers. Yeah, listen, the, um, the 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 reason I bring it up and talking about kind of like, okay, what do we know? We're going to learn about these teams more. I think the most of America watching college basketball tonight is going to learn a little bit more that these teams, and I think they can even fall in love with a team or two as they learn about these teams. Whereas tomorrow you've got Duke in North Carolina playing and you've got Michigan State playing. And you know those teams. We know those teams. We know what they're all about. You have Kentucky playing. Now you don't know Houston very well, so you've got a little bit of a mixed match. But, I mean, you've got Blue Bloods playing on Friday. This one is just, I think, a bit unique tonight to see it in the Sweet 16 and really teams that can make a run. They're really good teams. Gonzaga, of course. Florida State, I think, has the goods if they if they keep playing well to win a national title. I really believe that. Michigan does too. I bet Texas Tech people will tell you they do too. So, I mean, outside of maybe Oregon winning the national title, I think any team playing tonight has a legit chance to win the national title. Uh, not only because they're in Sweet 16, I'm saying because they're that good of a basketball team, even if their name power and name recognition uh, is not great. Speaking of one other thought on basketball. You didn't catch it probably last night because I know a lot of people didn't. But Lipscomb against NC State in the NIT. I heard about it. I it, was fan, the game. it was fantastic. Lipscomb's a good team. I, we, we know them. They're in the A-Sun. I was shocked they didn't win the A-Sun this year. They're that good. Liberty's good enough. Liberty won a game in the NCAA tournament. I think Lipscomb could have won a game in the NCAA tournament. Well, little Lipscomb, if you will, A-Sun, I go into Madison Square Garden, the Final Four of the NIT. And the game was sensational. Shot-making and points, and and uh, Garrison Matthews was, was awesome. 44 points, I think. Uh, Cooper, the kid, had a steal and a big three and then another two. And uh, it, it was just really, really good basketball and a huge win for Lipscomb and a good win for the A-Sun, if you follow the A-Sun with J-U-U-N-F in it. But I did ask this question on social media, and I think it's interesting in this kind of conversation. 
is Lipscomb better off being in the Final Four, winning a few games, now going to Madison Square Garden and still playing, than they are one-and-done potential, which is certainly big-time potential as an A-Sun uh, a team going to the tournament because you're at best, like Liberty was a 12 seed. Uh, Liberty, uh, Lipscomb probably would have been like a 13 seed, maybe a 12 seed. Mm-hmm. But you easily go, can go one and done in the tournament. Is it better off being in the NCAA tournament? Which usually the answer is yes. But I'm talking for Lipscomb to go all the way to the Final Four and make kind of an improbable run to Madison Square well, Garden. You say improbable run in the Final Four of the NCAA tournament and not the NIT, but look, look no farther than last year. Yeah. Good point. Loyola, I guarantee if we go back to, you know, the expert analysis, nobody had them going to the Final Four. Well, that's There's no way. True. You know, and what did they do this year? I have no idea. I don't think they're that good this year. It's, it's crazy how they kind of fell off a little bit. Yeah, but, they just had a magical season. Yeah, but but you look for... And they know, had Sister... Uh, Sister Jean. Jean. Yeah, yeah. So, so you look at, like, just the promotion, just the, the audience, the attention that they all got, and it was crazy. We were actually... I was in Chicago during that run for uh, one of my friends, Griff. He had a bachelor party. So we were right by, like, the university and whatnot. And it was insane, just all I the bet. fans that came out of the woodwork. And let's be honest, it's not a big school, okay? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I feel like a lot of people like, jumped on the bandwagon a little bit. But, hey, that's cool. It's Chicago. I understand it. So from, from that, I mean, you got to want to go to the tournament just because there's always that chance. You know I mean? Yeah. It's basketball. It's not like football where football usually you know it's going to happen. With basketball, a team can have an off night. A team can shoot the lights out. And if you shoot the lights out a couple games in a row, you play good defense, you got an opportunity. So from your, to answer your question, I would much rather go to the tournament, take my chances, than going to the NIT and go to the Final Four. And I think that is the answer. I think it's the, um, I don't want to say easy answer, but I think it would be the popular answer. I, I just, like, Liberty's a good example. Liberty went won a game. And when you win a game, you get an extra couple of days of notoriety. So they really got a full week of pub. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really valuable. But now you've got Lipscomb, who's now had, they're like into week number, they're going to make it into week three of the NIT. And while people aren't sitting there watching NIT and they're not doing brackets for the NIT and the, the ratings aren't unbelievable, next week they are going to get a lot of love. And for their the people on campus to still be talking about basketball for those kids to get more games it did make me wonder and i think it is debatable in this situation because i can almost guarantee a lipscomb was not going to the final four or the sweet 16 now again i get your point they had a chance to do it uh and i would almost say outside of going to madison square garden this isn't even a question but they're in the final four they might get they might win the nit potentially well let's be honest though if Lipscomb was in the tournament this year, like, you know, the, the big tournament. I mean, they could have been a 12 seed. Well, Oregon right now is playing Virginia yeah, to go point. on to the lead eight, and Oregon could win that game. Yeah, so, that's a good point. I get it. There's a lot of chalk this year, but there's also a number 12 seed. I do think if you asked Casey Alexander, the coach, and you said, hey, you're going to go to Madison Square Garden, or you can come to the NCAA tournament, I think he would take the NCAA tournament, yeah, to your point. Exactly. So, And by the way, that game was the second best game of March. Duke UCF is number one. And that is number two. So if you missed it, well, you missed something good. We'll be back with some uh, football talk next on ESPN 690. You watch Action Sports Jacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Now Action Sports Jacks is on your radio. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna Jar and Levine Studios. Here's your host, Brent Martineau. Bryce Harper just got introduced to the crowd in Philadelphia. 
It's like I hate free agency sometimes. Like, I, good, good for you Philly fans, but I, I don't know. I hate when the guy leaves Washington. Been in Washington forever. Are we hating right now? A little bit. I'm not like, uh, like I just, I kind of feel for the Nats fans. Like, Why? I, I, Nats fans, are, they're, they're fine. They have a good team this year. They have a Hopefully fine team, but they should, they, they threw $300 million, it looks like, at uh, Harper. And, and listen, maybe national fans out there is like, hey, you know what, I don't really care. But uh, you don't. we don't need them. Uh, but I don't know. At least, at least right now. It'll be over in like a, a two days. It'll be like, okay, he's a Philly now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I just feel like uh, it, there's something about free agency, and especially when you go within the division. And, again, I've experienced this as a Red Sox fan. When you go to the Yankees from the Red Sox or Yankees from the Reds to the Red Sox, and it just doesn't feel right. Uh, and I feel like in baseball, it's almost more than anything else because the rivalries are so deep in some of the divisional races mm-hmm. that, and I'm not even saying Washington and Philly is a big rivalry, but it's in the division, man. I mean, you could yeah. you you might have just changed the the landscape of the division for those two teams for the next decade. Yeah, but in terms of but I, one I guy. being big rivals, but let's be honest, like Washington's kind of a newer team. I mean, they're one of the newer teams of the, the expansion. I mean, I forgot when they came into MLB. What was it like? Late uh, 90s? No, uh, the early 2000s. Right, right. Yeah, I yeah, don't even know whatever it was. But yeah, it, so it's like, uh, about 20 years. So right, yeah, it's going so, on 20 years. I mean, uh, I get like they're in the same division, but I don't really remember a lot of battles of the Nationals and Phillies going back and forth. You know, like. And I get it because they're they're close to each other and whatnot, but I feel like it's, it wouldn't be like if some guy went to the Yankees or went to the Red Sox from the, the opposing team. You know, like those two teams hate each other. Now I can't speak on behalf of Nationals fans and Phillies fans, but it is kind of crazy how in other sports it's not that big a deal. I guess you know, like if I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, all right, so say that the Jaguars' best player, Jalen Ramsey, we'll say, or, or yeah, we'll say Jalen Ramsey because he's the guy that we drafted and everything yeah, yeah. like that. So, like, if Ramsey went to Tennessee or if he went to Houston, yeah, that would probably be a kind of a big deal. But I feel like it wouldn't be as big in the ba- – you know, like it would be bigger in the baseball world. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and, and, like – For whatever reason. It, well, and it's – and free agency feels like it happens in basketball enough and guys are chasing – oh, listen, I think it's – I might just still feel that way. It, it's probably an old-school feeling uh, more so than a um, – a, a feeling across most baseball fans. I think people, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I don't really think, like, I'm kind of bothered by it, this scene in Philly, and I'm not a Nationals or a Phillies fan. That's my point. Like, I don't think the rest of people that like baseball care at all, uh, unless you just don't want them on the Phillies because maybe you're a Mets fan or something else. But I do, I can only imagine the Nats fans watching this and almost puking because that's what I would do if this was my guy who was playing for the Red Sox and went to the Yankees. Woe Which is, is kind of what I did do with Clemens and Box. Woe is me for the national fans. Sorry, guys. Like I, I'm going to be honest. I could care less uh, about national fans. But I think from a bigger picture of baseball in general, I think it's good for the game because the Phillies, good, bad, and different, they're more of a storied franchise. You know, there yeah, is history are. there. So I think from that, and like we, we talked about Trout. You know, if Trout would have gone to the East Coast, I mean, imagine what that would do for baseball. Yeah. So... I think you have to see the big picture, too, here, Brent, where I think it's good for the game. I think it's going to get eyes on the game. And you can't be a hater, man. Yeah, well, I can be. Uh, I don't. <laughs> well, I don't uh, you are right now. Listen, yeah. I'm not a fan. I, I don't act like a fan very often. I'm, I'm just not. I'm not a big fan of, of 
teams in general outside of the Red Sox. And to me, even the opening baseball, you have to get me to like almost October for the blood to be boiling like a fan. But I just that's like a fan moment right there. That hit, that's like. It just doesn't look right. This doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. Especially when the team tra- – it's one thing if the tree team just said, see ya, we don't want you. Yeah. But I think the Nationals made a run at him for like $300 million in 10 years, and he took 12 years and $330 million, mm-hmm. or 30, whatever it was, 13 for 330 I was yeah. like, okay, well, you could have had <laughs> – I feel like you could have had something similar if you had just stayed. And I'm always – like, I do the respect the heck out of, like, the Derek Cheaters of the world who stayed with their team forever. You know, there is something to be said about that uh, that I like. And it's just so rare now in, in, in sports. I get it. Even the greats usually go to another team at the end of their career because they want to still play one more or, or, or whatever it might be. So uh, it's one thing we can't say about uh, a, a LeBron James, you know, because now he's shopped all around. He's Cleveland twice and uh, now with the Lakers, he was with the Heat. Miami, so, yeah. Um, Hey, Bachman, why don't you just come in here and talk sports, for crying out loud. He's texting me every single thing I'm saying. Yeah, I can hear it, because you didn't turn off your cell phone. It's all good, though, man. I know. Uh, I didn't want to just send him no in. Worries. I thought that might be rude. No worries, man. John Bachman wants to talk a little baseball here. What's up, man? Oh, Thunder. it's opening day. I love today. John Bachman from Action News Jax. How you guys doing? Good. I was out of I'm the casual. tournament, so he switched over to the uh, Major League Baseball. Oh, <laughs> I know. I'm st- standing here looking at the, sitting here looking at the uh, the Hawkeye helmet here that you guys have. I yes. love it. Yes. And um, I'm hoping Hawk comes to Jacksonville. I don't know if you. I don't think it's going to happen. I know. Well, listen. That's the thing. That's why we got you in here. We need to uh, talk a little Iowa tight yeah. ends. Yeah. Which one is it? Hawkinson, Fant. Well, I think Fant. I think uh, Hawkinson will be a better fit for the Jags because the guy can block and he's a heck of a player and. Fant is probably the sexier pick because he's faster and he's kind of more of a, a receiver. Uh, but I don't think he would fit as well as Hawk would fit as with the Jags and what they try to do. Yeah, from the power run game to the ability to catch. and Absolutely. Big question to me is what's the separation with those guys, you know, mm-hmm. and where the boy Like, we can talk, oh, what's, it's a favorite question you get, right? Yeah. Right now. I bet you get the question all the time. Absolutely. It, it's not about whatever just happened to, to lead the news story. It's are the Jags taking Hawkinson or a <laughs> lot? All my buddies on the golf course are definitely saying, <laughs> what's, what are you hearing? I'm like, I don't know. It's I don't either, talk to Brent every day. It's either that or the weather. Yeah, like, right. Gonna, I don't right. know. Where's Marsh's <laughs> number? I don't know what the weather's going to be. But seriously, the thing I always say to people is I want Hawkinson, if they rate him as a guy that's a perennial Pro Bowl type, like that's what, there's so much buzz about some of these guys at times that you don't really know, again, what's the narrative compared to what's the actual expert opinion. Well, and Austin can talk to this more than anybody, but I mean, really it boils down to the value, right? Because is is Hawk going to be so much better than the guy you could get in the second round or the third round versus, say, that defensive lineman who's going to be a difference maker in at number seven, right? Yeah. Or, or or that offensive lineman that you desperately need. See, and that's where it comes to, to where that's where the uh, where Caldwell makes his money. You said the word value, and it's a word that's been tied to this draft, especially with the Jacksonville Jaguars, that I cannot stand, to tell you the truth, because everyone's saying, well, we, the Jaguars shouldn't take Hawkinson number seven because the, there's no value in that. You know, like tight ends don't go top ten. That's, that's not a value pick. I consider the tight end position, especially going into the 2019 season, a pass-catching threat, okay? So I don't call it tight ends. I call them pass-catchers. So you have to ask yourself, is Hawkinson or is Fant, are they the best pass catchers in this draft? Are they game changers? If you answer that question and say, yes, they are, 
Well, then think of it like a receiver. Like receivers have gone top ten all the time. So if you if you can evaluate a guy in your scouting department, whoever is making the call, the GM, you can see a guy and be like, this guy is a pass catcher, and he's the best one in the draft. Then I say at number seven, you take him. Now maybe Hawkinson's not the best pass catcher, and maybe even Fant's not the best pass catcher. But if you're a GM and you're picking top ten, and you think that they are. You absolutely take him. Well, here's the deal. Let me ask you this, though. I get it, and I'm not a value. I don't judge that, too. I think I say this. Here's the value. If you're a seven-time pro bowler, almost as a kicker, then I think your value goes up higher than most people would say. Now, not really. I wouldn't draft a <laughs> kicker first round. But you get my point. Like, So right now, the Jaguars may have – they might have to alter the value view of people. Right tackle is not a highly valued spot. Left tackle is, not necessarily right tackle, but that looks like what the Jags could do. Or tight end, not usually a top 10 pick kind of area, but they might have to do that as well. So I agree with you that that's not necessarily the case. So let me propose this to you guys. Pass rusher is a value spot. Mm -hmm. Top 10 spot. The old saying is you go pass rusher, quarterback, or left tackle. I think what recently has been thrown in there is cornerback because of the pass-happy NFL. So if you have an elite corner, you'll do it. Some teams have even taken running backs as of late, Jags included. Some have also taken some safeties as well. The Jets did. Uh, kid out of LSU was his name escaping me right now. But uh, they took him recently in the top five. And I know the Jags actually liked him, too. They, they, they might have flirted with that if, if he had fallen. Um, so my point is, if there's – name your pass rusher. Josh Allen. Uh Gary. Sweat. Sweat. That, how much does the value there then trump a potential of Hawkinson, even if you have Hawkinson as this guy that's going to be a five-time Pro Bowler on your board? Tight end is definitely a need on the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's no doubt about it. History has shown that anytime you pick a tight end in the third round or later, it's not always successful. I mean, George Kittle. Yes. yes. Another Iowa guy. Fifth yep. round, if I'm not mistaken, I think. Fourth or fifth round. Was he the oh, fifth he, round? I think it was at least fifth round. I think fifth, fifth round, round. Yeah. yeah. 49ers. So every once in a while, there's going to be an outlier. But for the most part, I can't remember a guy that was taken later in the draft that played tight end that had a, a successful season right now. That's coming to my head besides George Kittle. So, listen, the Jaguars' best edge, edge rusher right now was a third-round pick. Correct? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You need- so I think... From that term, Brent, like, listen, th- this is a deep tight end uh, class for sure. I mean, Josh Oliver's a guy I've been campaigning for a lot. Ran fast today. Ran fast, did good. Um, he's got good hands. Ed. Blocking's a little suspect, but we'll see. So it is a deep tight end draft, but those game changers, I feel like are going to come in the first and maybe the second round. Um, second round would be like an, like an Irv Smith, you know, yeah. if he even lasts that long. We don't know how it's going to go. I think he could get shoved up. Exactly. Especially so, with New England with need at the 32-second spot. So I see what you're saying where take the edge rusher early in the first, second round, and then maybe get like a, you know, like a depth guy later for a tight end. But I look at the Jaguars roster right now. I see Swam, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm not confident in who they have right now. So in my opinion, I feel like you got to go the first round. Hope for the second round, maybe get Irv Smith, but it's kind of a you know it's, it's kind of a question mark there. So I feel like you got to take the the, the the best pass catcher in the draft. Bachman, you got time or you got to go put on? I got uh, time. You got, you got, you got, got five got, o'clock show. I do have a five o'clock show. We yeah. got a, a a quick little commercial break coming up. When we come back, we may share a little breaking news. How about that? Okay. Some thoughts on something you probably hadn't thought about. 
Could be happening in Jacksonville. That's next on ESPN 690. You want you to tell me that you went home and swiped a ball that was signed by Babe Ruth, and you brought it out here and actually played with it? And actually played with it? Yeah. Yeah, but I was going to bring it back. But it was signed by Babe Ruth. Yeah. Yeah. You keep telling me that. Who is she? What? What? The Sultan of Swat. The King of Crash. The Colossus of Cloud. The Colossus of Cloud. Babe The Great Bambino. Oh, my God. You mean that's the same guy? Yes. Oh, we got a little sandlot there. Well, obviously, we also have something for baseball. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Nice work. Nice work, Scott. Going to the old stuff there. Scott going to the bay. Uh, like I said, he's like a human Swiss Army knife. The guy that does it all. Sandlot, Tells right? jokes. Yes, it is I'm a bad sandlot. at this movie stuff. Even though I love the Sandlot, but you I want have to double the check, sir. I know it, but I want to double check. Unbelievable. Yeah, so Sandlot. Now, if you get me feel the dreams, I can probably recite like every word. Now, you better be able to, Bachman. Yeah, yeah. right. It's good. I know that's coming. That'll be here soon enough. All right. uh, Hey, what about a little of this? So John Bachman's working on some stories here. That's what he does. He's a news guy. Action News Jack, CBS 47, Fox 30, 5 o'clock tonight and uh, each and every night on Action News Jacks. Uh, It gives me a little buzz about something going yesterday and did a little homework on it. Uh, We did together a little joint effort. And fair to say, barring... Something that hits a snag, which is my favorite, couch yourself just in case this doesn't happen, but it looks like it's happening. It sounds like the Jaguars are on their way to purchasing or will own at least the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl in the near future. And it's an interesting thing because I don't think many people know it. ESPN owns a lot of bowl games. I think the, the Detroit, Detroit Lions, Lions they own, own the, Ford, the bowl yep. game in the bowl game in yep. the Liberty City game, bowl, right. right? Yeah. I think the Texans might own the the game down in Houston too, possibly. Yeah, and so it's it's pretty fascinating to it's not shocking because of those examples, but it also gets your mind wander, wandering a little bit. What does it mean? What does it mean for like the Jack Sports Council who helps recruit that game, bring that game in? That's their big that's their big thing uh, every yeah, year. Along and the city's big thing is Florida Georgia game. Um Jack Sports Council just had Florida-Florida State game uh, on baseball. And they helped with the NCAAs. And they helped with the NCAAs. So it, it's interesting inside that building, TIAA Bank Field, to me that's where this story is headed. It's Shad Khan now owns another event, essentially, inside that building or will own in the future. What I'm a little uncertain of right now through the things that I can tell is how soon this will happen. Will it happen this year in 2019 or is it on the verge of happening and how soon that announcement will come out? But I think we've uh, we've learned enough to know that this is on its way to happening and it's pretty interesting. I, I don't know if it's blockbuster stuff, but I think it sets the table for interesting conversation. Yeah, it may not be a big deal. Certainly doesn't seem like it's going to be a big deal to the average football fan who may either is rooting for whatever team is at the bowl game that year or uh, the local folks here in Jacksonville who go to the game every year regardless of which team is there. Um, so it, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a big deal at all for those folks. But if you look at the bigger picture, you start looking at, well, what does it mean for the the city and the Jags and the relationship between the two and the relationship between the stadium. And, you know, this is another event that takes place at, 
at the big stadium with the naming rights of TIAA Bank Field. And there are a lot of contracts tied up in that and what happens with all of those things. So it's, it's interesting to me, uh, big picture, if this were to happen, does this have any impact on the dynamics between the two? Yeah, and I think what you know what's fascinating to me, John, is this comes off on the heels once we start putting this thing together, and it comes on the heels of Shad Khan really wanting to purchase Wembley Stadium, and Wembley Stadium that deal fell through, and I think that's kind of a temporary thing. I think that will resurface itself at some point. But Shad Khan even said, if uh, I don't have the statement in front of me, but when he talked about that, he knew everybody wasn't on the same page over there, and the idea own Wembley Stadium, own the events that go in there, put more events in there. Well, this, I don't know if ownership of TIAA Bankfield really comes to mind, but owning the events inside there and more of it in Daly's Place and what's to come maybe with the uh, Lot J and even beyond, if you want to think beyond Lot J. But Lot J is happening. Like, Lot J is going to happen soon. That ramp's coming down toward the end of this year. Early, uh, ne- early next year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're going to start ripping it down yeah. right later this year, I think. I believe yeah. it's early next year is when they start to well, take down start, the Hardbridge okay. ramp. Yep. So. If you start adding those things up, you've got all these football weekends. The Rolling Stones concert, my understanding is that's a Jags-led event. Uh, you've got Daly's Place. So I think Shad Khan is able to manage with his group. Heck, we even talk about All Elite Wrestling. I know that's more Tony Khan. Mm-hmm. But all these different kind of tentacles that go on. And he's not alone. NFL ownership does that. I mean, you've got Tampa Bay owns... A, a, a English Premier League team, right? Yep. Look, at, uh, look at the Falcons and the uh, and the the soccer the soccer team. The soccer team yep. So it's really fascinating to watch the evolution, I think, of ownership in the NFL. How big the NFL has gotten, and what else all the NFL owners in that fraternity are now involved in. My question is though, what does Khan get from owning this bowl? Because it's not like, I mean, what more can you bring to the table? Like you you're at the mercy of the people that select who's playing there. Like I mean. Is he going to plan on improving it somehow? I guess my question is, like... That's a great point. And from a business standpoint, from what I'm hearing, um, you know, you've got... uh, You've got... For for the naming rights contract, let's say, for for TIAA Bank Field, that's connected to, you know... How many home games the Jags play, which is, uh, what, seven plus a couple of preseason games, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Brent, help me out on that. But uh, um, so you've got that, that many you know, football games that you know are going to be broadcast, right? Then you've got um, the Florida-Georgia game, which is also part of that. So they're gonna, they know they're going to have a nationally or, or a regionally televised game there. Well, then you've got the bowl game as part of that thing. So so they can count on having TIAA Bank field on a national uh, network audience for that bowl game. If something were to happen to the bowl game, you know, maybe it's not viable, something as an independent or whatever were to happen there, now you're losing that national exposure that is tied to the the vendors who might have signs up in the stadium, the, the name of the stadium itself. And so the Jags, I, I, again, this is all speculation if this thing actually happens at this point. But if, if, if that is tied to that contract, then they would want to see that game protected. And this would be a way for them way to protect, protect it. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Does, do you think the city loses any leverage in any of this type of deal? Or does it almost protect them from not losing an event like that? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think you can look at it both ways. And I'm not an expert to say one way or the other. I've heard you know people talk about it from both sides of that coin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, ultimately, I mean... Ultimately, down the road, the question will be asked, uh, you know, between the Jags and the city, 
when the stadium comes of age, let's say, mm -hmm. what happens to that? Who's going to foot the bill for improvements or a new stadium? And that's down the road a bit, but that's the big question that we're kind of walking around. Oh, yeah, private-public partnership they've developed with the city, and that will go down the road in terms of that stadium someday. Someday is coming. John Bachman, see him tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. We'll talk more about this topic as the show rolls on. You watch Action Sports Jacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Now Action Sports Jacks is on your radio. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and a jar in Levine Studios. Here's your host, Brent Martineau. Ray, people will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your doorstep. As innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course we won't mind if you look around. They'll say it's only $20 per person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it. For it is money they have and peace they lack. And they'll walk out to the bleachers, sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines where they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they'll watch the game, and it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick, they'll have to brush them away from their faces. People will come, right? The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It has been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt, and erased, erased again. again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good. And that could be again. Oh. People will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. Ah, a little Major League Baseball opening day here on a Thursday. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Well, you didn't know what that was for a second. Dude, was that like a PSA to visit Iowa or something or what? No, that was uh, Major League Baseball, I think, put that one out a couple of years ago. Yes, they sir. Had, they had a they, lot of players come back and do parts of the speech. And, of course, giving it the intro and the closure as popular by uh, James Earl Jones from the movie. Yes, and uh, Terrence Mann uh, from the movie, uh, <laughs> as we talked about yesterday. But... The reason, actually, we brought up Terrence Mann yesterday is because Major League Baseball, I think, did this again to start this year, but they used Vin Scully instead. And ah. so instead of all the baseball players coming back, I saw it. And you know what's really interesting about that? Listen, Vin Scully can say, like, the word the, and you're like, ah, Vin. <laughs> I actually, when he did this, I don't know if it's the length of that right there, that segment, that, that uh, portion of Field of Dreams. But it just was like, it didn't hit me like Vin Scully usually hits me. And I think a little bit of it is James Earl Jones' voice is so good that it's hard to get anything better than that. You know? No, like, it's right up there. I mean, well, I mean it, the whole news network went with it and all, so you know, that's a quality endorsement. I mean, Plus, the emperor was into it. So I like that. And this one, like, he started and ended it, and the baseball players coming back. But it's obviously become a theme for Major League Baseball to, to go back to Field of Dreams. It, it's good. They're trying. Uh, it's it's always great to, to revisit Field of Dreams. Um, but I, I thought that was really unique. And I wonder if anybody else thought that. Because when they said, like the tweet said, Vin Scully doing that scene from Field of Dreams, I was excited. I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear this. This is going to be awesome. And then I heard it, and it was like two minutes worth, and I was like, yeah, it's just okay. 
and nothing Vin Scully does is just okay. But but that kind of felt just okay. And I, I think it was just because of James Earl Jones' voice. It's so good that you don't really even need to try to get another great voice in there. Uh, he is he, he's one of a kind in himself. Uh, but baseball season have our first winner of the day. You know, really, we don't. We already had first winners. Seattle's two and zero. They played in Japan, and uh, which is I always just think is so bizarre that five days ago they started the season. They were two and zero for five days before anybody else was even one and zero or zero and one. But uh, they did that. Each row retired. While the New York Mets have won a game, and uh, Jacob Degrom signed that uh, lengthy uh, big money deal. The DeGrominator. And he was awesome again today. Uh, six innings, ten strikeouts, and shut out uh, the Washington Nationals during his six innings. The Mets end up shutting out the Nationals two to nothing, and they waste a good effort by Max Scherzer as well, who struck out a dozen New York Mets. So the Mets uh, get off to a good start. They have the first win on this day. Uh, a couple of other baseball scores to pass along. The Yankees uh, winning 7-2. to Don't like to say that. Uh, over the Baltimore Orioles. Milwaukee 5-3 to over St. Louis right now. Atlanta Philly 1-1. What inning uh, in that Milwaukee game? 5-3, uh, to end of the 6th. Oh, don't worry, Milwaukee fans. Put those kids to bed because haters coming in to close out that game. So, uh, <laughs> Brewers 1-0, baby. Gotta yeah. love it. Gotta uh, love it starting on top. What about uh, the happy hour horn here on a Thursday oh, to go. get it rocking and rolling? Uh, Scott, I'll take it from here. ESPN's Tim Gertrin. Excited to be here in the ESPN 690 studios on opening day. How you doing, Brent? Fantastic, Tim. Brent, I came across an interesting stat. Don't worry, Brent, I'll take it from here. I came across an interesting stat today. Dating back to 1980 at Ashton University, of all the walk-on baseball players that got into broadcasting, you rank number eight all-time of broadcasting lefties. <laughs> Congratulations on that great achievement. But let's be honest. Let's talk about why I'm here. It's the implementation of the happy hour horn. It's Thursday, Thursday, so you know what that means. You got to grab a drink. You got to get a shot and tip those star tenders. Once again, this is ESPN's Tim Kirchner. ESPN 690 Studios. Hey, now we bring in Marcel Thanks, Robinson, sunglasses and football in hand to take over for Austin Lane because he can no longer talk the yeah, rest of the show. I'm done. See you guys later. Dude, that, that put you on the show for two days the last time and you brought it out again. I, it's opening day, man. You have to you have to really pump the gas, right? <laughs> you, you have to bring out the big guns for opening day. So, yeah, Tim Kirch would make another appearance. Uh, yes. I have no words. <laughs> yeah, it's... Well, that's because you don't know who Tim Kirch is, so obviously you have no words right now. I... I, I I have no words. They had a great shot today. I think it was. I was watching the baseball coverage. Did I see Keith Olbermann was on the baseball coverage today? Did I see that right? I thought he I, was. That was yeah. a faraway TV, but it was. So it was, I think it was Olbermann. I think it was Mark Teixeira, and then Tim Kirkshen was on the right side of the TV. So, yep. so it was those three guys. It's like somebody get Tim a stool. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Have you ever done TV? Get him a box. But I, I feel like it's all part of the. You know, kind of the gig. Like, I think it kind of was. He's a I mean, short guy. You know, he's got that high-pitched voice. Like, he's, I don't want to say this is like a sideshow act, but he's a great personality and just like yeah, a great attraction in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> he's unbelievable. Welcome in, Marcel Robinson. How you doing? Uh, doing good. Feeling good today on this wonderful Thursday. Thursday, right? It is that Thursday. it is. It is a Thursday. It is a great Thursday afternoon. I'm um, glad the wind has finally died down because my dog did not like having to walk in these Hurricane force winds yesterday. <laughs> yeah, winds, was tough. Wind was, winds were tough, weren't they? They were a little bad. I'm not, I'm not a big wind guy, and obviously I'm not the largest guy in the world, so 
I had a nice jacket on yesterday that functioned as a parachute. I almost got blown into my truck. Speaking of fashion, obviously we have one of the greatest here, part of the team when it comes to fashion, Marcel. Who, Olivia? Uh, what's up, Olivia? Oh. Uh, her too, obviously, but uh, as my voice is shot. Um, I was going to ask you, though, man, are those new shades you're rocking today? Are these some new? No, those are the same things. Those are the same ones you always wear? Uh, these are not the same ones I always wear. I actually See, have I a collection friend. of about maybe six to eight. I'm mixing a couple, but I like to switch it up. Well, so these are new to the show, though, if I'm these, not mistaken. These are new to the show in Jacksonville. I had these in the Super, when we were at the Super Bowl. Okay, got you. Brent, you have to notice those kind of things, man. Nope, try not to look. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Try not to look. That's what happens when your future looks bright. you got to wear the shades, Brent. We've been over this how many times? Yeah, man? we're, we're going to talk more baseball at the bottom of the hour, so I don't want to do that right now. We'll <laughs> talk a little football, maybe a little Jacksonville. I've been here in a little bit. Uh, Jason Christie expected to give us a call. Uh, but the NBA, Marcel, I know is your wheelhouse. Coming down to the wire. And I wanted to ask you, is it over? Giannis Harden, MVP. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's over, but for me, I, th- I feel that Giannis is in a really good spot to take it home. Wow. I don't, I don't, wow. Think, I don't yes. think they'll give it to, Yard, um, to Harden twice. And also, I just, for me personally, I just can't give the MVP to a player that doesn't play both ways. Thank you. Um, I mean, I feel like your most valuable player is someone that can dominate on both ends of the floor and make an impact on both ends of the floor. And I just have not seen enough defensively from Harden. Do, do you, did I see a stat, though, the other day? And I know everybody harps on his defense. Second. But did I see a start stat that he's second in steals and first in deflections in the NBA? He is. And, and <laughs> there's Deflections a, doesn't mean anything to me. Steals does. Well, but steals, deflections, well like, I mean, I think they go hand in. Well, oh. you're telling me if, if a guy's first in deflections, he's obviously doing something on the defensive end, is my point. And people make it seem like Harden doesn't play defense at all. Yeah, he's not he's not a great one on one defender. I will say the the stats and deflection, the steals and deflections stat is a bit misleading because he is a great um, he plays the passing lanes very well. Paul George is the same thing, but James Harden is is one of the best at playing in in the passing lanes because he's always playing off. So if you're playing off your defender, naturally you're going to be in the passing lanes of any pass, whether it's a driving kick or 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 a pick and roll. But he is he has very quick hands. But as a one on one defender, he's not as much of a liability as he was in previous years, but he is not great. Thank you, because I do the same thing at the YMCA. I play off my man, and I get deflections because I'm playing off my man, so the ball kind of comes in my lane. So I, I, I we are not impressed this, by James Harden's defense, this, this Brent, is, sorry. This is the same thing that happens, and again, this isn't uh, going to go into this debate, but it kind of sounds like the same thing when you talk LeBron or Wilt or whoever against Michael Jordan. Everybody's like, yeah, but, but Michael Jordan was defensive player of the year, or Michael Jordan was this on defense. I just love how all, we don't give a crap about defense until we try to make an argument like this. And now the the argument against Harden this year is, oh, wait a minute, though. He's not that great on the defensive side of things. And as this, it's not that award. I mean, he's he scores 36 a game. That's what this award is about. This award is not about him. They have a defensive player of the year award. <laughs> and, and that's not for Harden. And I just think it factors very little into giving the MVP. And this is not me making a case for Harden. I'm just saying, as a very neutral observer, and I could care less who wins it, I I just think it's really difficult in this day and age to ignore the numbers. And the numbers, whether you want to say he plays a game where he dribbles and shoots and shoots a lot and shoots more than others, bottom line, it says 
He's got nine more points a game than, than the Greek freak. He's got eight more points, I think, than anybody else on average in the NBA this year. He's averaging 36 a game, right? 36 a game? I want to say 36 or 37. Yeah. I mean, he's averaging 36 a game. When's the last time somebody averaged that high? I didn't even look that up, but... Well, how many shots is he taking? Because he's averaging 43% from the field right now, too. Yeah. So he's taking a I lot of it. shots. I get it. You go deep and dive into it, and it's a lot of shots. But does that speak to he has to take shots? Well, or is he a, a ball hog and he's just firing shots? I mean, that's great, but let's be honest. You said that there's a defensive player of the year. Well, there's also a scoring champion every single year. True. So go ahead and give him that award. I mean, in my opinion, the most valuable player is the guy that you want on your team, the guy that's carried your team, the guy that's... and. Listen, I'm not one for storylines all the time, but let's be honest. The Milwaukee Bucks weren't really slated to do that well this year. Definitely not had the best record in the NBA. That's a direct correlation to Giannis. So from that perspective, you almost have to give him. And by the way, shooting 58% from the field goal uh, right now. So that's pretty good last time I checked. I don't care if it's a lot of dunks or not. People like watching dunks. So (laughs) enjoy that. Uh, But getting back to my point. I mean, it can go to either guy, in my opinion, but I think from a complete player, and yes, defense isn't as harped on as it was in, in the 90s and early 2000s. The game's definitely changed, but I think with, with his mentality, being the, the teammate that he is, you have to give it to Giannis. I think no no question, offensive side of the ball, uh, James Harden is by by far probably the greatest offensive one-on-one player in the game right now. And, and like you said, there is, there is an award for Offensive player of the year, defense player of the year, and most valuable player. Which offensive player of the year? No question. I mean, the man scores at will. But he has he's had so many of these. Like everyone talks about the the 50 point game. I think he's got seven or eight um, games of 50 points or more, and they've lost three of those. Like I feel like if if Giannis was to score 50 points in a game, or even I don't think he has a chance of winning it now. But Paul George is out of the conversation based on the team's poor success. But I feel like if Giannis was to score 50 points a game, they're winning. They're eight no. As opposed to the you know four and four or three and four that the Rockets are, and I don't think Harden takes as many shots because he has to because he has guys. They actually have a pretty decent team, but at the same time, I I'm, I don't know. Hey, listen, this is the first time in a decade, in my opinion, that you can make the case that LeBron James isn't the MVP. Okay. Oh, absolutely. So no question. The fact that he doesn't have nine of them in his back pocket <laughs> or on his mantle is a crime in this award anyway. Mm-hmm. He's been that guy. For nine straight years, however many years in a row. And he does, what does he have, four of them? Three of them? LeBron? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah, at least three, but I think he has four. He has four. And so I think it's finally the case. But the fact that they gave it to Harden last year, I think you guys are on to something. I do think this is an award that they like to add to people's resume. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Pro Bowls at times and those kind of things. And I think Greek Freak might win it. And uh, he'll be deserving if he wins it. That's the thing. Both guys are definitely deserving of that. But to try to make a point, uh, a little case for Harden, too, let's be honest, the NBA loves scoring. I mean, Steph Curry's won it twice now, and uh, it wasn't because of his defense. You know, I mean, it was because of his three-point shooting. Well, so true. He's electric. So and people are know. talking about him. Yeah. I bet people talk about both these guys. People yeah. are talking about the Jacksonville Icemen as well. We go to the lines. Jason Christie, the head coach of the Icemen, with us. All right. Harden or Greek Freak? Which one is it? Who's going to win the MVP, coach? Uh, you always got to go uh, Harden for sure. Okay. There you we go. have a debate. All right. <laughs> I want to see Harden or Greek Freak on skates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's pretty smooth out there. <laughs> hey, how are you doing? Uh, you guys were in Greenville tonight uh, wrapping up the regular season and ready for uh, the playoffs. But you guys got some big games coming up this weekend. Tell us about them. 
Yeah, no question. We're in Greenville here tonight. Uh, we play here tonight and then home for the final two regular season uh, games on Friday, Saturday against Atlanta. So a little bit of a question. You, you know, we were up there uh, a couple points ahead of uh, South Carolina and Atlanta. So, you know, this could be a big uh, big couple games in Atlanta, but, you know, we can't overlook Greenville. They're going to come out and play hard here tonight for sure. What is this like a uh, weekend like? I mean, you guys do this all the time. Can you give us a, a sense of how fresh you guys are at this point in the year? You won't get back to like 5 in the morning uh, from Greenville, and then you go play, and so it's three games in three days. How taxing is it on your group? How conditioned are you guys? And, and like I kind of said, how fresh are you guys going into this stretch or final run? Well, that's the thing. I, you know, this weekend you, you kind of want to have things all wrapped up here just so you're getting prepared for the playoffs. But right now we're still scrapping away here with teams underneath us. And, you know, for Atlanta coming in, you're right. They're sitting at home there today. They got in and we got to play and then travel back and get home. By the time guys get in bed, it'll be 6 a.m. And then back at the rink by uh, 4 o'clock for a game tomorrow night. And so... But again, that's, you know, we do it all year, so the guys are pretty used to it, and, uh, you know, that's part of the game, and, you know, at the end of the day, there's no excuses, right? It's just coming out, being ready to play, and uh, competing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jason Christie, the head coach of the uh, Jacksonville Iceman, with us. Uh, they'll be home tomorrow night, 7.30, Saturday night at 7 o'clock. I already heard big crowds expected. Tomorrow night, little ESPN 690 night, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, uh, along with the Jacksonville Iceman, kind of combining on jerseys tomorrow as well. And then Saturday, I know there's a big crowd. Uh, I think there's something like less than 1,000 tickets available for that Saturday night game. The crowds continue to impress. How is your team playing, Coach? How do you feel about the way you guys are are performing at this uh, time of year? Well, right now it's been good. You know, we lost uh, goaltending, obviously, got called up there, but we got uh, Angus Redman, who uh, is with the Anaheim Ducks. He got sent down, so he's uh, holding the fort down right now. A couple injuries this week, but, you know, with our main group, uh, you know, we're excited. You know, this is a group here that's going into the heat of it, uh, the group that, you know, in order to bring a Kelly Cup, uh, you know, it's got to be this group here going out and playing. So, you know, we're excited. And, and again, anytime you can play at home, honestly, in front of you, just mentioned in front of our crowd, it's it's amazing. They they come out, they're they're exciting to, to play in front of, and you know, it's a it's a great atmosphere there for sure. Hey, what's up, coaches? Austin Lane here. Just how important are the games towards the end of the regular season in terms of building, you know, that momentum towards the playoffs and whatnot? Right, that's you know, it's a, you know, you know, you've been through it. There, any type of sport, you know, at the end of the year, you want to kind of get all the cylinders going in the right way and have everybody. You know, it's uh, it's less stressful, uh, I think, away from the game. But when you, once you get to the game, you're all dialed in, and uh, that's what makes it exciting. It, it's it. Everybody just ramps it up to a whole new different level. Like even as a coach, you think, holy smokes, where the guys get that from? But you know, it, it's proven. That, you know, in every sport, it's just a whole different, uh, whole different game in playoffs, and playoffs, and that's what really makes it exciting. Jason Christie, Jacksonville Iceman coach, with us. Uh, got a game in Greenville tonight, and then home tomorrow night and Saturday night. Then they'll hit the road for the final few games of the regular season, trying to finish this thing up with a playoff berth. And we got playoff ha- hockey, hopefully, in Jacksonville. 
you've been around the ECHL a long, long time. I'm looking at the standings in the Eastern Conference. You've got in the sixth spot, Maine with 73 points. Then you and Brampton, 72. And then three teams with 70 and even Reading with 68. So you go from 6 to 12, and there's five points that separate. Is that usual in the ACHL, or is this kind of a different year where everybody's crowded together for those last couple of spots? Honestly, this is the first year where it's been like this. Like, it's just so evenly matched, friend. Uh, you know, I, I haven't seen it this close in a long time. But, you know, that just goes to show how good the league really is. And, and uh, you know, when you can have that many teams fighting for it right down the stretch here, you know, for us, it's it's battling with South Carolina and Atlanta right now. And, and Orlando, we, we, you know, we win our games, but we still have a chance to finish uh, in second place uh, above Orlando because we play them uh, – Two more times, so you know it's it's still it's still a juggle match. But again, yeah, you know, like I told the guys the other yesterday, it's you know all we can look at right now is just one game at a time and be ready to go here tonight. Get on the bus and be ready to go Friday at home. All right, uh, you guys do that. Take care of business tonight in Greenville. We'll see you tomorrow night. ESPN six ninety nine. Make sure you get out to, to the arena seven thirty. They drop the puck and uh, Austin and I will be there, Coach. We're a little disappointed you're on the road tonight because Austin was going to skate with you in the morning, but I know you get in so late you won't have a morning skate. Yeah, well, tell you guys make sure you stop down anyways. Uh, with, you know, I'm sure the guys are trying to get us some skates out there. Oh, uh, I already have my own skate, so I'm, I'm all set there, Coach. Sharpen them up. There you go. All right, Jason Christie. Good luck tonight, man. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, thanks, guys. I'll see you later. All right, uh, Jason Christie, the head coach of the Jacksonville Iceman. Again, I mean, that is a log jam there in the uh, ECHL. And it'd be pretty cool, year two of the Jacksonville Iceman, to get uh, some playoff hockey. Yeah. I just can't believe that schedule that they had where – they're traveling tonight and then have to play tomorrow. I mean, that's that's a crazy lack of sleep, especially a physical game like hockey, man, where it's demanding on your body. Um, man, that's rough. You know, it is interesting. You you know, you played a, a demanding sport, and there's a lot of talk all the time, right, about Sundays going into a Thursday night game or even the short week of a Monday night football game to a Sunday. Like every, I think a lot of that is you guys are creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. And so you have such a routine because normally before all this TV went really crazy, it was Sundays, you played football in the NFL, and then mon- a Monday night game. Well, now you got Thursdays and some Saturdays. And, heck, before we know it, we'll have Fridays and Tuesdays in the NFL. Uh, they'll have it every single night. But in colleges, they do. I mean, the, the schedule really fluctuates in college. So I, I find that interesting. Uh, I wonder which is more taxing on the body. I, you're playing a super violent game, so I understand that. But if you think about, when you think about traveling, if people travel and you fly, there's almost nothing more exhausting than flying. Especially when you change time zones and whatnot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it just wears you out for whatever reason. Uh, some people from the stress of it, some people from the time zone change of it, some because you have to get up super early to get a, an early flight, whatever it might be. Uh, and Think about what like Major League Baseball players do, 162 games throughout the course of the season. I, I don't think – I know it's baseball. It's good. You're not I was getting hit. getting ready to jump, to, uh, jump uh, on you a little bit there, Brent. But under- don't you ever compare baseball to football. Understand. Yeah. But I'm, <laughs> what I'm wondering about, though, is the taxing of your body because you do at least get a five- to six-day break to refresh your body in football. And the travel is not as much. Uh, in minor league baseball alone, I mean, you're going – you, you you get done with the game at 10 o'clock. 
you hit the road for a bus ride and you don't get in until 9 o'clock the next morning in another city and then you're playing again that night. Major League Baseball, they're flying, so they're saying and, and be, it's better to do it. But they still they do that for seven months. And Jason Christie just kind of mentioned it, too. It's just the way it is. They're used to it. But my whole point of this is I don't necessarily – I know which game's more violent. I get it. But I don't know – which is worse for your recovery to perform at your best? Well, I'll tell you what sucks, because obviously you know, I played five years, so from football I have pretty good knowledge. I played hockey as a kid, and it's funny, because, like, you know, obviously I still go skating and whatnot. It's amazing how sore you get just from skating, because as a kid, I mean, you can do anything. Yeah, yeah. You have so much energy. Nowadays, man, I'm getting up there where I go skating, I'm getting pretty sore. But from the football perspective... Yes, you're, you're going to be sore, obviously. It's it's a violent and physical game, especially, I feel like, in the trenches. And even receivers take big hits, too. I mean, I, I'm not going to categorize it. Punters and kickers, long snappers, probably feel pretty good after a game. Everybody else is hurting. What really sucked, though, was having to get on a plane and travel, like, three or four hours after a game. Because you have to remember, if you're in an airplane, inflammation starts to rise. And you start getting swelled up a little bit. So, yep. from that perspective, you sit on a plane for a couple hours. You get off that plane, man. You're, you're limping. You're hobbling. And then, you know, I mean, I'm not sure I can speak for every single football player, but me personally, I always, you know, I always like to have a couple basic beverages uh, when I get back to Jacksonville. So I'd go to the bar and have a couple drinks, and that's not helping anything either. <laughs> so from that perspective, uh, it takes, like, because obviously Monday is kind of like the day that you go lift and everything, and you kind of, they just want to see you get, you know, get warmed get up a little bit and try, to, out. and try to get the inflammation out. Tuesday is the off day, and then Wednesday, you're kind of back at it. So... Those two days, man, um, you're hurting, and then magically Wednesday, usually uh, you kind of have a little more pep in your step because you know you're about to go to practice. Uh, the the one thing I would just absolutely hate, and I actually feel for when we're on the Jags trips, is the guy that just has a really bad injury mm-hmm. on the road and then trying to get back on the plane. And now some guys will stay, right, if they have to, I mean, if it's really bad. But I'm just talking even even – it happens, right? Say you break your leg in a game. I mean, yeah. it, it's happening. Yeah, you got to fly back on the plane. Your leg's all propped up. And yeah. I mean, I know in, in the past, the like, those are hitting it with the thing. <laughs> those, are, those are always the trips that, like, you, it takes the longest to get back because you're usually waiting for that guy. And we've been on trips over the years. This probably goes back six, seven years. But where they, uh, I mean, there might have been, like, multiple guys. You know, and mm-hmm. I got to believe it's even worse if it's, like, the West Coast thing. And, and it's different if you're flying from Indy. But it, if you're going from Oakland... Uh, a little bit different, so not a lot of fun. What do we got coming up tonight, Marcel Robinson, as you haven't taken the shades off in this entire segment? <laughs> uh, we got a little live TV magic going on is what we got going we on. We do. We're going off to a little... I should have asked John about this earlier. He was in, and we were talking about the Jaguars. Uh, it looks like they will uh, purchase the, the Gator Bowl, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, and run that event. Uh, details a little muddy still, but we were talking to John about uh, what that means and what's really the impact of it. Uh, a little bit ago, and this is John's event we're going to go live from, but he's on the board, I think, for Make-A-Wish uh, here in Jacksonville, so it's a, a Wish Madness event, so it'll be March Madness, uh, they got a little, uh, obviously something to eat, some beverages, but the basketball theme, and uh, we're going to do a little live sports over there. That's that. That's it? What more do you need? we got to dig into FSU Pro Day. Yep. And Brian Burns, see how he did. Spider Burns, as they call him. Spider Burns. I like, that's a good nickname. I'm not mad at that. I like it. It's a really good nickname. How's your bracket doing, Marcel? Uh, I'm doing actually pretty good. The The only quadrant where I'm really struggling, but I should be okay, is uh, the North Carolina bracket. I've lost about, I don't know, maybe six or seven teams. But other, other than that, I'm looking pretty good. 
Word is Nasir Little, a uh, kid from Orange Park who mm-hmm. ended up playing high school ball in Orlando, but he plays for North Carolina. Had 20 points the other night in, I think, just 21 minutes, too. Very uh, big contribution, but he's got the flu. Could be a game-time call against Auburn. So for anybody who has North Carolina, that could be a blow uh, for them. Like All these big teams have actually had a little bit of that stuff to deal with, right? Kentucky, P.J. Washington. A little adversity. Uh, I mean, I don't even really – You can. we can debate how healthy Duke is at yeah. times, even with uh, the great Zion. I mean, even, but, even uh, Phil Cooper situation. Florida and State. then obviously the Cooper situation uh, with Florida State, which he's not there right. with the team. It surprised you at all he wasn't. I, I guess a tough situation. I shouldn't say surprises. No. But I was, I was interested that he was there. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. His, yeah. I, I should say I'm more surprised he was there on Saturday. Like yeah. it happened Thursday after the game. I was surprised yeah. he was there Saturday and then not there this week. But I, I mean, I don't. There's Who no knows? You just don't know the situation. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, there's some a fantastic article by Andrea Adelson on uh, uh, ESPN about yeah. that whole emotion of it. If you get a chance to read it, it's pretty. I mean, it, it's it really illustrates what happened there in yeah. that Florida State locker room. Yeah, yeah. His absence doesn't doesn't shock me at all. I mean, I've, I've been in that situation. It just like there's nothing going on but just air. Sucks the life out of you, and you just hope it didn't suck the life out of the team from Florida State's perspective because it's an emotional roller coaster they're riding uh, the last week for sure. All right, Marcel Robinson, he'll do his thing on the TV side. We'll do our thing when we come back. Brett Myers, former big league pitcher, talk a little baseball. He joins us next on ESPN 690. You watch Action Sports Jacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Now Action Sports Jacks is on your radio. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna Jar and Levine Studios. Here's your host, Brent Martineau. I'm not mad at the beginning. See what we got here. We're going to let it play a little bit. Nine-year-old ball practice? Eight you. Eight you. Eight you tonight. I got, so Monday, Wednesday, I got 14 you. Tuesday, Thursday, I got eight you. And Friday's my seven-year-old. And then the weekend, whatever tournament one I'm in. <laughs> Nothing better, right? Nothing better. I don't know, man. I'd like a night off. That'd be good. Feels you know, like I'm back playing again. Yeah, I bet it does. Hey, does it? Uh, give... Ours feels the same. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, Brett All Myers, former big league pitcher, uh, of course, uh, World Series champ of the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, with us, a Jacksonville guy, Inglewood guy, and uh, former first round pick. Joins us now on ESPN 690. First of all, I haven't talked to you in a little bit. Hope you've been doing well. But does the uh, does opening day still do something for you, or you're well beyond that now that you haven't played in a few years? No, uh, opening day definitely does something for me. I mean, it's it's kind of like a it's a playoff atmosphere because you know all the fans want to get back and get back into it and stuff. And once that uh, that edge knocks off after opening day, it's like it's right back to business. But uh, yeah, opening day means a lot. You know, um, it's just like a playoff atmosphere, and, and 
exactly the way it was when we were playing in the playoffs. So you kind of you kind of take it for granted, you know, because you know you got a long season ahead. But you know you can get you can get excited each time. And I mean, it's still, I was interested. I've been watching the Phillies uh, today, just uh, trying to see what all those acquisitions that they got, what they can do. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the fun of it, right? Especially, in the, in, and then it settles in, like you said, maybe the first day or two, but then it kind of settles in. It's such a long season. Uh, what are your right. thoughts on what the Philly, obviously you used to have deep roots there, deep ties, uh, love affair with that organization after the success and you spent most of your career. Uh, do you love the fact they got Harper? Do you love what they're doing, a, a young team around a superstar guy like that? Absolutely. Uh, I think that's what happened with us in 08. We uh, we had our young core guys, and they went out and grabbed some pieces, and we put it all together. Um, I'm I'm actually more excited that they got McCutcheon and Segura and Real Muto than I am Harper because now they have protection for him, you know, and uh, and I, that 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 helps a guy out that's making 330 million dollars a lot because you don't know who you want to pitch to there, you know. So, I mean, with that, with that lineup, the first five guys is, is, is going to be tough to get through. Is Bryce ready for Philly? I mean, it's a totally different animal playing in Philly. I think Eli, didn't Eli Manning just say something? Uh, someone yes. had a quote about yeah. like a nine-year-old flipping you off and, and well, calling you stuff that you never... Well, it was calling him <laughs> stuff and he actually talked smack about uh, his, mom? His, his mom as well. Yeah, yeah so I mean, Philly's listen, a rough place. Listen, you know it, and uh, I, I know you well enough to know, hey, you can handle it. You can fit right in there in Philly, but yeah. is Bryce, the, from what you know of him or what you see of him, I mean, is he in for a bit of a rude awakening? I mean, you go for... An, a two for 30 slump and look out you know yeah i, I think they're gonna be uh you know he's over two today and they're still cheering so that's a good sign <laughs> but uh but, but i'm telling you if it, if it keeps up they're gonna they will ride him those fans are very knowledgeable they know the game um i've had fans come up to me when i'm out eating dinner and tell me that i sucked that day and i was like hey, you know what you suck too so it's like you know, but but like I I knew when I was bad. I didn't need somebody else to tell me when it when I wasn't playing up to my capabilities. But uh, you know, some people can handle it there, and some people are like that's the worst city I've ever played in in my life. And I and I'm like, well, you win there one time and watch what happens. You know, it's it's a different atmosphere, and and uh, I I enjoyed it because I really I, I didn't I I took it to heart what they said because it was like my dad getting on to me telling me that I sucked too. You know, because that's the way it was when I was growing up. You know. You have to have to have some accountability to play in that city. If not, then you might as well pack it up and find somewhere else to play. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, you do, uh, no doubt about it. And you think about guys, uh, you know, if you do win there, like you said, I mean, there is that love affair. And obviously the Jags just got Nick Foles, and they, and they love that guy, I mean, forever nice. because uh, he won a Super Bowl championship in Philly. It's a fantastic sports town. You just better have a little thick skin <laughs> when things yep. don't don't go Absolutely. right. How about, hey, baseball in general, you spend a lot of time now at the younger levels and, and coaching and right. being around it, but there's all these things. I'm a traditionalist when it comes to baseball, but you also can't be blind to the fact that it, things change, and, and I get it. Uh, we're right. talking pitch clocks, and we're talking games are right. too long, and we're talking replay. And uh, what does all this conversation about changing the game bother you? Do you think they're headed in the right direction? Does it need to change? What are your thoughts on some of those big picture items with baseball? I'm I'm an old school type player. I've always been that way. Um, even when I played, and and I saw the new school start changing where they. Or I, I was already ready to pitch when they started doing the you know the pitch count clocks and everything. It started uh, you know probably my last year in Philly '09 when they started introducing that. They were going to try it out, 
and I, I was not a fan of it. I, I mean, I didn't really care, honestly, because I, I got the ball and I was ready to go. But And I understand trying to speed up the game because it does take a while to watch a Major League Baseball game, but it does watch football, too. But I guess they say there's more action in football because there's something going on all the time. When baseball, you're focused on the hitter and the pitcher. So, I mean, I don't like the analytic stuff that they're doing and all that stuff. I'm like, you know, it's like you're making it very complicated. You know, you have a bunch of guys that graduated from these Ivy League schools crunching numbers, basically playing fantasy baseball with these guys' careers. And it's it's frustrating because that some guys don't get the opportunity because their their numbers don't match up with all this. I don't even know what war and all that stuff means. And, 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 and I, I couldn't tell you, man. I, I was always ERA and batting average to tell me if you're good or not. You know, I mean, the guy's hitting 300, he's a good player, but then their war says he stinks. Whatever that means. I don't even know what that means. So I, I'm more of an old-school type player, and, and I, I think they shouldn't change the game because it's the game I grew up loving and still do. You know, I just I just hope they – the replay thing is it's probably something that they needed to introduce because there's a lot of guys that, you know, they can't see the, the thing or, you know, whether it's foul or fair and stuff like that. I think that does help uh, a little bit. But the other stuff – that they're doing, I have, I have no clue about. I just wish they'd leave it alone, honestly. Hey, what's up, Brett, man? This is Austin Lane here. Speaking of changing the game, if you follow the Milwaukee Brewers last year, they kind of had a different philosophy in terms of pitching where they only yes. they only had their starters out there for a couple innings and then really yes. re- relied on their bullpen to you know, kind of save right. the day and whatnot. What are your thoughts about the philosophy? Can it be sustained? Well, is, it, is it kind of the future of baseball? What do you think? Abso- absolutely not because uh, – I don't believe that that, that can happen. What I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know what that noise is. Um, anyway, so what the whole the whole thing is, is with the philosophy of that is you're going to wear your bullpen down by the time August happens. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't doesn't work out. Yeah, you certainly can do that. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, what do they call you, by the way, at the ball field now, uh, Coach Brett, Dad, Brett? Old timer. Uh, I would say Coach Brett. Yeah. More than anything. That sounds right. Fair enough. It's some bad interference right now, guys. What I'm saying. <laughs> All right, there. Yeah, a little better. A little better. Uh, I don't know what that was. Well, you Sorry. Get, hey, it's okay. No problem. We were hearing you just fine, but you might have been getting a little feedback on your end. Hey, I know you yeah, grew. Maybe. You grew up boxing, right? Yep. Austin here's MMA fighter. I mean, right. what can you do? Can you do some MMA? I mean, life after. I mean, I know you're singing now. We'll get into that in a moment. But uh, I mean, could, could and MMA fighting? Come on, get in the cage, man. There, there was a reason why I quit boxing. I got tired of getting hit in the face. I didn't like it. <laughs> Fair so, enough. I, mean, I, I, did, I didn't mind hitting them. I just did not like getting hit in back. Uh, a question I've always had was: Do you find boxing would be actually beneficial for a baseball player, especially you know with the sh- shoulder endurance and whatnot? I mean, could that actually increase your miles per hour, like on a fastball? Is training boxing uh, obviously not get hit in the face or anything? But right, um, I, I honestly, my first uh, my first years uh, when, when I got drafted and everything, and even when I was younger in high school, my dad was a, a boxing trainer, and that's all. That's the only way I trained with boxing and, and jumping rope and stuff like that for endurance and everything like that. And then I used to train with one of his old fighters. And so I think it was beneficial to me um, just because it's one, I think it's wrestling and boxing is some of the hardest endurance sports that you got to endure um, in sports. And I know 
that you can go out there for three minutes and try to throw a hundred punches and you won't be able to pick up your your arms yeah so so it's i think that that actually does help with it could build shoulder strength and everything like that pitching's more of a it's more of a deceleration muscle that you have to have to uh build up other than the acceleration muscles yeah it makes some sense uh, no doubt about it by the way it sounds like you're driving a monster truck <laughs> well, it's a diesel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you go to practice and hit some fungos in a moment, and 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 teach the next generation how to throw a fastball. But uh, I hope so. Teach us those strikes first. <laughs> throw strikes. <laughs> hey, hey, you know this. We got the strikes down. We just don't have the fastball down. <laughs> That's okay. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You, Ty, little Ty gave them some trouble that, that weekend. I heard they said we couldn't hit him. I said, that's why you want him on your team. Uh, but we we, uh, we brought you in with a little rattlesnake. That's uh, one of your songs, and you've got a couple albums out now. I, I'll be honest with you. I thought you may jump in the, the, the music foray for a little bit, but this kind of seems like you're in for the long haul. Uh, give us an update yeah. on, we've done a story on it with TV in the past. Uh, give us an update right. on where you're at with the, this country music thing. How's it going? You still enjoying it? Is it headed in a in a positive direction? What you got on the on the music scene now? Yeah, it's, uh, we're actually almost finished with our fourth album. And uh, we are, we're trying to, actually, it's going to happen. We're, we're the booking agent now. And we're supposed to go out on the road in June. Uh, that's the next step is what we need to do is get in front of, people other than people in Jacksonville and try to get it out over the state and we, we actually are opening for Craig Morgan uh, July 4th in Oregon really know, a long way from, yeah. Yeah, from Florida yeah. all the way to Oregon so uh, and that's kind of where the tour is going to take us uh, all the way up there and then we're going to try to hit Philly and come back down towards the south so uh, so we're, we're working out the details now and it, it's looking like it's going to be a go and but I don't want to necessarily go back out on the road but uh I said, as long as it's not during my kids' baseball season, I'll give it a shot, and we can see what happens. There we go. You know what's interesting about it? Like Austin obviously is doing MMA now, and he says even if it's five or 6,000 people in that arena when you're in the cage, he actually says it almost feels different, better adrenaline rush than being in front of 60,000, 70,000 people in a football stadium. Uh, I'm interested right. in, from your point of view, again, you played in Philly, you played in a lot of MLB stadiums, played in Yankee Stadium, all the big places. But being right. on that mound by yourself, or what, or, or just what's the different, or is it better of a rush performing? I think you've you've done some concerts with Colt Ford and, and other folks. Right. So right. what's the what's the comparison, or is there one um, from a from a rush kind of standpoint and enjoyment level kind of standpoint for the performer? Well, I guess athletes in general, we're always looking for that next adrenaline rush. I guess, and once you're done playing, you got to try to find it. And I didn't know that it was going to be this, but people say that to me all the time. Like, because I tell them I'm freaking out, man. I'm nervous, man. I, you know, I, I just I've been doing this for about five years now, four or five years, and they're like, "But you pitched in front of forty-five thousand people before." I said, "You got to understand, I've been doing that since I was five. Yeah, I've been working on it since I was five, and that finally, you know, got there when I was twenty-one. I said, I had I had almost seventeen years to prepare for that." You know, I'm like, this was like thrown right into the fire. So, obviously, oh, it, it's it's a little, you know, after, I wouldn't call myself a veteran, but I would say that it's feeling more comfortable. But the adrenaline rush is what we're all searching for. 
Absolutely. You know, that's because, because that's where we were. We, like, we want to be, and I mean, how many times as a little kid did you used to say, hey, it's three and two count, bases loaded, bottom of the ninth? I mean, I still do that, you know? Yeah, I usually so strike I'm, out. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, either way, put yourself in that situation to try to, you know, either fail or succeed, and, and that's something that I've, I've always tried to do, whether it's the music or baseball. I'm, I'm trying to do something that I, that I enjoy doing. And because baseball won't have me anymore, they told me to go home. Yeah, and you can't find that in the third base coaching box in nine-year-old baseball. I can tell you that. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> I have I have a lot of fun with these kids. I really do because I, you really understand that they're they're you know eight eight-year-old kids. They they just don't they have no idea what you're trying to tell them half the time, and you're only hoping they catch half of it. Uh, Brett, before we let you go, I want to get your opinion on because you obviously you're a country music artist now. What is your opinion of country music? Because I've heard a couple of your songs. Uh, and here we go. Well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because no, so Brett. Serve it up. No, so like with Brett, I respect him, man, because he seems like it's like more. I don't want to say outlaw country, but you know, like you, I don't want to say you push boundaries, but it's, it's entertaining stuff. You know, it's, it's it's not generic, just everyday stuff that you hear on the radio. So my opinion. Right. So my question to you is: Are you a fan of the country music these days, or are you? A little more of the old school type. No, I'm I'm a fan of Skinner and like you know Southern rock basically more than anything. And I just some the the country music that are played today is they're singing about the same girl that and I'm like wow it's the same girl that I just heard in that last song. And then they brainwash it. Then they brainwash you on she the day. They just say it a different way. Yeah. And then they, then they brain then they brainwash you on the radio and play it 97 times a day. It's like hey it's the same same song I switched the I switched to the radio. It's the same song on the other station. I'm like oh my god. So I've, I've actually caught myself several times saying. I, I hear a song on the radio. I'm like, this is terrible. And then after about the 15th time, I'll go buy it. Yeah. And I, I feel like a, I feel like a dummy. I'm like, I hated this thing, but now I kind of like it. <laughs> then, I got, then I got then I got my wife and kids playing it all around the house. I have no choice. <laughs> so so yes, I, I I no, I don't like any of the the pop country they're doing. It doesn't fit my personality whatsoever, you know. <laughs> but but I I can't I can't knock them for you know, making a living doing it because they are. People love it. That's the only thing I can say about it. I mean, it, personally, I'm not a fan of it, but if everybody else is, more power to you. Hey, uh, we appreciate your time, Brett. Thanks, man, for joining us. Yep. MLB opening day. Good luck. And, hey, where can everybody find the music? It's on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, anywhere you can get it digitally. Uh, you can go to YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's everywhere. Awesome. Good stuff. Brett Myers, former big leaguer from Jacksonville. Now, Country music star. We'll play it 15 times. Hey, can we close? Can we send him out of here with Rattlesnake? Let's do it. We got to pump that one up a little bit more. Thanks, man. Have a good night. All right. Thank you, guys. All right.
quick bone and falling in. Uh, we're up against the top of the hour in just a couple of minutes. Uh, good to have Brett Myers on. Earlier we had Jason Christie, the Iceman coach, on as well. So good to catch up on a variety of different sports here on this Thursday. Opening day in Major League Baseball. And for all the peanuts and cracker jacks that's a good ball and i love opening day uh, my ball and goes to opening day in major league baseball seven o'clock right here on espn 690 the boston red sox will play the seattle mariners that's the only thing you should care about uh tampa bay uh, is losing to houston three to one dodgers are winning one to nothing phillies have a three one lead over atlanta texas to chicago nothing Yankees won, Mets won, Milwaukee does hang on to win, 5-4, to four, <laughs> although that bullpen did give Josh up one Hader, run. Two innings pitched, four strikeouts. Gosh, some of those guys are just so good, so, so good. I mean, Scherzer struck out a dozen, DeGrom struck out ten. Uh, they are really, really good. So that's my balling. Uh, falling real quick for me. How about this? Greg Schiano abruptly leaves uh, yeah. his, his job as the Patriots defensive coordinator, and now it's just trickling out, just came out. Um, a little little bit ago, and he says he needs to spend more time on my faith and family. Shiano's an interesting character in the world of coaching football. That he is. And uh, you wonder what this is about. What's the deeper meaning here? Uh, he says, I don't want to look back years from now and wish I had done things differently. Therefore, I'm taking time away from the game to recalibrate my priorities. I don't know. Yeah, listen, um, you don't want to question... Um, you know, maybe there's something family-wise going on. Well, and this maybe is bad to question. say, but, like, is there going to be, like, a scandal that comes? I mean, you know, I mean, that's exactly where my mind goes right well, away when a coach associ- leaves You know, like he's that. been associated with scandal at time, and I think sometimes mischaracterized, yeah. and wrongly so, uh, because he's a hothead kind of guy. Yeah. And I think it's dangerous. But it does make you curious now. Yep. Uh, quick, do my ball and fall. And so, ball, you actually stole my idea. It was opening day baseball, yeah, man. So, we uh, we've, we've been talking that. about it. It's a fun day to talk baseball. Ball, and real quick, Jordan Bell, the Golden State Warriors, was benched Wednesday for, for conduct detrimental to the team. What kind of conduct? He charged something to his room on assistant coach Mike Brown's account. My only question is, what the hell did he charge? How much was it? And was it really that big of a deal? Mm. Can I have your credit card? No, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, check in on the Gators. Uh, Dan Mullen, what he has to say about today's scrimmage, kind of before they scrimmage, and also uh, what's going on in Tallahassee with Brian Burns and Pro Day. A little update on that in the 5 o'clock hour on ESPN 690. You watch Action Sports Jacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Now Action Sports Jacks is on your radio. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and a jar in Levine Studios, here's your host, Brent Martineau. So if you missed it, Greg Schiano stepping down as Patriots defensive coordinator. Just got hired. And now it's faith and family for Greg Schiano, according to his quotes. So very interesting story developing uh, out of New England in terms of Greg Schiano. Belichick commented and said he's been a great friend. At the, so I don't it, there's some there's gonna be something more coming out there. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But <laughs> You know, and I mean, I, you, you hate to say it, but it's just the way it is. I mean, this well, stuff doesn't happen. These guys are football guys. They don't just step away because of the family. I, I mean, unless they're – and, again, I always hate to kind of be uh, have such a negative connotation about that and and maybe be critical of, of what really is the truth because maybe there is a family issue. You never know. There could be an illness. There could be something like that that says, hey, I, I'm going to go spend time. And that's admirable, by the way. No, absolutely. So, um, so maybe that's the case. 
But it just feels like with Shiano and his past and things that have been talked about and stuff that's come up. And again, I think he's been hammered at times that he shouldn't have been. The whole Tennessee thing was a little out of whack. Uh, but it just smells of something. It does. Because, like, and if it was in his case, you don't have to be specific if it was a family issue. But maybe he would say, like, I need time. Uh, there is a family issue that I have to address, so I need to walk away from football. That wasn't the case. Like, if I came in tomorrow and I was like, Brent, dude, thanks for the opportunity at ESPN 690, man, but I got to focus on my faith and family a little bit. Like, what would you think? You'd probably think, oh, something's about to happen with me. Well, yeah. I would say, hey, this is good timing. At least you're expected to get paid for the first time tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you for your services. I uh, will see you later. So, yeah, from that perspective, and uh, and I hate to be that guy that's, like, trying to think the worst of everything, you know, that, that that's trying to put on that tinfoil hat and dig deeper into his statement, but it just really does make you wonder, especially – the fact that he just got that job and everything. He's with the um, New England Patriots. It's a, I mean, it's you New set England up. Patriots, yeah. And it felt like he was close to getting something again. You know, like, like if he, of course, you I mean, know what I mean. Listen, this, this guy hasn't had a clean track record. You know, I mean, when it when it comes to the terms of coaching, so the the Patriots defensive coordinator job is obviously a highly coveted job that he earned, and um, just to kind of abandon it and walk away. It's uh, it's a little baffling. Now, listen, in, in this case, listen, Bob Stoops left uh, coaching football at Oklahoma and he left it abruptly at, like, the age of 56. Greg Schiano's 52. And, I mean, it's so it's not like it's unheard of, I guess, uh, in that sense. We we didn't we kind of wondered a little bit about Stoops, I think, at the time because he seems kind of young to do that in, in this profession. And, and the bottom line is, in this profession, people stay, and they stay forever. And they almost can't let go. I mean, Steve Spurrier is still coaching, right? <laughs> yeah. Bobby Bowden stayed forever. Yeah. Guys do that. That's what happens. And so 56 is young. 52 is young. Now, again, and, and I think you do have to caution, be very cautious here because you never know if Greg Schiano's got something going on. You know, I True. mean, you never know. So uh, I, I think from an illness standpoint or something like that, I'd, I just want to be a little careful and speculating what this could be. Uh, but I also kind of wonder... You know, midlife crisis used to be like in your early 40s. Has it shifted to like your early 50s? Just said, okay, I'm rethinking exactly what I want to do with my life. And I mean, all these Man, things pop in my mind when something like this happens. You're a defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. For Bill Belichick with Tom Brady, life is pretty good. It is, Brent, but, and, the, and I'm sure you've seen it firsthand. I've obviously seen it firsthand. Listen, I love the game of football. I love talking football, and, and I love teaching it, you know. I mean, I've taught some kids in our neighborhood uh, who we used to have practice outside by my backyard and whatnot. But coaching is such a stressful job, and it is so time-consuming. I mean, where I sit right now is how I'm talking to you. There's no way I'd ever want to be uh, even like a college coach, and especially an NFL coach, because of the hours, of the stress, of the just the accountability nonstop. So maybe there's a situation where... You know, he's stepping into a spot, and he just kind of felt overwhelmed, and mentally he wasn't there, and he decided to step away. Like, you mentioned Stoops. At least with Stoops, you know, Stoops had that thing in, in Oklahoma. I mean, he, he was there for a long time, right? Like, he, he was... Oh, he yeah. Was, yeah, exactly. Since, so, like, 2001 or two. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, he you know, he was And he left it in that. good hands, and that's important to a lot True. of the folks, you know? But from from Shiano's standpoint of where you literally just accept this new job, um, and, you know, if this is a company, you're going to say it's a top company, Um in your profession because it is the New England Patriots. They just won a Super Bowl. So 
to just walk away, I mean, obviously, either there's something major going on or it's something about to drop. And and and, and, and I hope for everyone's sake it's maybe, I don't want to say it's a health issue because that's horrible too, but I hope there's nothing like a scandal going on is all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, and that's um, what, I, again, everything maybe pops you in your mind. Tr- I, I don't know, it's just, it's crazy it, where our minds go, but that's... That's the world of sports. Yeah. That's the world we live in. Yeah, it's interesting about the with the New England Patriots, and we'll see where it uh, where it leaves them. Uh, of course, I, you know one thing I was going to say for ball, and I wanted to before we got too far away from it uh, from the last segment. Did you see the LSU uh, billboard? I did. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I thought classy, very yeah. classy on their part. Yeah. yeah, that's that's good stuff. I like that stuff. I missed it. I, it. That was a couple of days ago. They tweeted it, and I just somehow missed it. But uh, I saw that late last night. I thought that was that was pretty good. Why don't the losing teams share billboards? <laughs> uh, I'm sure they swear to God, Tom. Thanks, Jacksonville. It's been real. But, well, this leads me to my next question here, Brent. How much does it cost to get a billboard? Yeah, that's a really good question because I'd like to be on one. That's what I'm saying. Hey, that's exactly where I'm going. I'm trying to spread this business here. You know, I've heard. Scott, like, any ideas? No, oh, no, no, man. I don't. Okay. I got nothing. Okay. That's a sales question. Sure, selling in the ESPN 690 budget. I can tell you that. <laughs> Whatever it is. But, you know. We used to have this joke at home. I've told this story before, and I think I may have told you. But, you know, getting into the TV business, and um, my dad, I think it was, he'd say, well, you haven't made it until you're on the side of a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Stop getting so cocky. My huh? mom and dad, I think, would say that. So we'd kind of joke around about that. But uh, I wonder how much it is to get on the side of a I'm, bus. I'm looking it up here. Uh, yeah, 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 it's, it's hard to find, isn't it? It is a little hard. Um, do a campaign? I will well, tell you this. Is my hey. thought. Hang on, I gotta go. Go ahead. We got you know the, the we were at the uh, uh, that bar at the arena the other day. Yes, for the, the bar at the arena right, for the baseball grounds. And which we one had you a, say the bar? Yeah, that bar at the arena. Yeah. Uh, we had the question come up because we had the teardrop right, and yeah, we now yeah. have a tent, and we have a background, and we have the the big teardrop thing, which uh, is essentially what is it? Essentially, like a banner, like a tall banner. You can see Correct. it from a long way away. And so we said we need some of those floppy things, right? Yep. You know, the, like the crazy... The, the, the wacky inflatable arm men. Inflatable arm men. Yes. Well, Nick heard us talking about it. No and, way. And they actually do make them custom. No way. So we can get you and I inflatable arm men. I mean, uh, let's go. What, like, what I, are we seriously, for? if we get that, hey, Miss Jenny, neighbor... No. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna put it on my lawn. I'm putting the teardrop in the banner. Yeah. I'm putting you and I, and uh, but I'm decorating my lawn with that. No. Okay. So for I'm like a get, week. So I'm supposed to get a check in the mail from you know obviously Cox Media. Forget that. Put that check towards those inflatable <laughs> arm men, man. That's that's where the real money's got to go. Like this is a uh, this is an investment. This I, is getting written off of my taxes. I said that to Nick. Let's I was go. like, it's like six hundred bucks or something like that. I don't oh, I don't know what he said. You can't you can't and put I a said, price on that. Brent. I said no way. We'll get we're in. Apparently I said, yes you can. I said don't <laughs> don't wait for that. To be approved? No. We'll find the money. We'll, we'll raise the money. We Can we start fund a GoFundMe for go that? Go right now. <laughs> Wacky inflatable arm and Brent Austin coming at you hot. By the way, Brent, find out a little information about the billboards. Uh, the average cost of a billboard in Jacksonville, nineteen hundred dollars per what? A per, month? Uh, per month? Yeah, I think so. 19? Oh wait, no. Hang on. Yeah, that might be like weekly. It's a large number. Because no, it's we have twenty billboard panels available in Jacksonville with more coming online every month. The average cost is $1,900. $1,900. Now, is that digital or is that one that kind of stays there? Uh, here's an example, but I think it's one that stays there. Okay. Well, the digital ones that's are probably a, a little bit cheaper because you can change them out. 
I think sure. the digital ones are probably running a little bit hotter than that because you're going to have the rotation on there. They're going to maximize every dollar they can get out of it. But yeah, now, Brent, point. go ahead and hear me out, though. So we can spend one in Jacksonville or listen to this. There's a little brainstorm idea. Do we get, like, ten billboards in just, like, ho-dunk middle nowhere towns <laughs> with the other like, like population of maybe 2,000 that don't see any action at all? But all of a sudden, hey, here's Brent and Austin, ESPN 690, stream it on your cell phone. Maybe we start. Uh, yeah, maybe we it's start not a bad some, idea because yeah. you know we go from Melbourne, Florida, a couple hours south, all the way up to Charleston, South Carolina. So we could run those bad boys up and down the East Coast, is what you're start saying. Start on the perimeter and work your West, way back in. I'm thinking West Coast. I'm thinking Middle of Iowa, Midwest, because they can just stream it, podcast <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> only if we get Hawkinson. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe Hawkinson can sponsor oh, it. Oh no, maybe we have a picture of Hawkinson around us, kind of like his arms around us. Yeah, so, now we're talking. I like this marketing plan, man. Yeah, I think uh, I'm not mad at it. We we got. We might be. I thought you were going to ask me like if you could pick one spot in Jacksonville, where would you put it? That oh, would no, be a tough. No. That'd be a that'd tough be pick. Too. <sighs> you yell. Ninety-five merger. Ninety-five. I merger. ninety-five. Yeah. Is that the one? Like they have like lawyer after lawyer after lawyer after lawyer. So that must be a hot spot. Breaks it up. <laughs> something to listen to. And, and, listen, like I know they don't sponsor us. I probably should be <laughs> mentioning them. But yeah, the, easy. But but the easy. one dude that rolls up his sleeves. <laughs> Easy. You know who I'm talking Okay, I'm not I don't saying know. anything. Okay. I don't know, because it might offend something. Okay, okay. I'm not what you trying to say, to say man. What you trying to say? <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying this This one dude rolls up his sleeves, man, like he's ready to There's fight. I'm like, I appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all good. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. You know, Scott has, I, he did roll up his sleeves today, and yeah. I see he's got a sleeve. Have you asked tattoo. him about the tattoo sleeve? No. Okay. What, what you rocking there, man? I like uh, that. Wearing a little Asian flavor there. Asian flavor. What Respect. does that mean? Uh, it's, it's Dragons, food dogs, all sorts of uh, kung fu inspired stuff. Okay. Well, and Scott, here's a fun fact. You actually, I have a food dog across my chest. So there we go, man. Match made in heaven. Brothers like in arms. How many different things did we just talk about in that segment? Man, we got off really the rails. All bases here, right? When we come back, how did Brian Burns do today? Any drama coming out of Tallahassee? And Dan Mullen on his current football team and not his former players like we talked about yesterday. So we got a little college football talk. Stay in your lane, which we're completely out of. But yes. make sure you stay in yours as you drive home on a Thursday. And listening to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Town or right here in Jacksonville, Northeast Florida. Can I request that we make our MLB predictions today, too? Because you gave me homework. I spent two hours on it, and we haven't even touched the predictions yet. We will do it. I Thank promise. God. All right. We will absolutely do it. All right. And I can guarantee you I won't put four teams in the World Series. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. I love baseball. Well, we all love baseball. When we get to St. Louis, will you tell me the guys' names on the team so I go to see them in that St. Louis ballpark? I'll be able to know those fellas. Well, now, it's all right, folks. Strange may seem they give ball players nowadays very peculiar names. Funny names? Nicknames. On the St. Louis team, we have uh, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find out. I want you to tell me the names of the fellas on the St. Louis I'm, team. I'm telling you, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Do you know the fellas' I mean, names? Yes. Well, then who's playing first? Yes. I mean the fellas' name on first base. Who? The fella playing first base for St. Louis. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Well, what are you asking me for? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first base. Who is on first? Have you got a first baseman on first? Certainly. Then who's playing first? Absolutely. Who's on first? Have you ever seen the whole thing? Uh, no, Brent, I'm 30 year, 31 years old. I haven't seen the whole thing. But I, I know what you're, you're talking about. Uh, it's, it's the Marx Brothers, right? Uh, Abbott and Costello. One of yeah. the best comedy bits is ever. That, yeah, the Marx Brothers. Is ever. that the same thing? 
Is that Crouch? No, no, that's a very different animal. No, I thought oh, so, so. so. I was way off then. Yeah, Abbott okay. and Costello. Sorry. Um, but you, wait, Bill, now you're confusing the heck out of me. I'm like, is that the same thing? I, I don't <laughs> think it's the same thing, but you usually know this stuff more than I do. So I was like, well, maybe it is. Maybe it's different. <laughs> but no, but I understand but they, that. Have, yeah, have you ever been to the Baseball Hall of Fame? No, no, no. Uh, because they have that whole setup in, in Cooperstown as well. you got to get to the Baseball Hall of Fame. You're not a Hall of Fame guy? Ever been to any of them? Uh, the only Hall of Fame I've been to was like the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, which is worth going. No, for sure. I mean, I'd love to go to Canton one day. I'm I not a huge cool. Yeah, Canton. I've been to Canton. Not, not since they redid it. Mm-hmm. And I think we will get to Canton someday. If Tony Baselli gets in, I think they'll play the Hall of Fame game that year. Of course. And so then we could be going there soon. Uh, it's been a while. It's been since college since I've been to the uh, uh, foot, Pro Football Hall of Fame. But been to baseball a couple times. Been to basketball, but that was even before. They redid it in Springfield. You know, it's in, it, where I grew up, in Rhode Island, if you go like west into Massachusetts and you get on I-90, mm-hmm. you basically, if you just drove I-90, you could hit a ton of Hall of Fames. Basketball is on I-90 in Springfield, Massachusetts. The baseball is in Cooperstown, which isn't far from I-90, kind of runs through New York. Yeah. Uh, there's a boxing Hall of Fame, I believe, in Syracuse. Yeah, there's like yep. You can even get up to the Hockey Hall of Fame, I think, if you stay that way and enter through Canada. Um, and then there are some like obscure kind of Hall of Fames. Like of I think there might be a bowling Hall of Fame there. And stuff. But it's like there are all these Hall of Fames on I-90, like up yeah. in that corridor. Uh, they got a Lebowski is, exhibit. <laughs> yeah, oh, they probably do. They probably do. And so, but I think there's a bunch of them, which is uh, pretty wild. And then uh, you'd have to drop down if you want to get to Canton. Um, but then you can go to the Golf Hall of Fame right down here in St. Augustine. Do you want to come to my Hall of Fame ceremony if I ever get uh, you know inducted into Murray State? Sure. You want to come check out Murray State? There's not that much going on. Will you, do you think you'll get that call someday? <laughs> oh, yeah. So here's the funny thing. Well, uh, So in terms of football, um, I was the highest drafted guy ever in Murray State history. So I got that going for me and whatnot. But, like, every year they send out, like, the submission where you have to, like, fill out, like, you know, like, what your accomplishments were, things like that. And you know me, man. Like, I never checked my emails, obviously. So uh, I've missed out, like, the past three years. So I've probably been eligible. I just didn't sign up for it. But <laughs> Broadcast maybe eventually. Yeah, so maybe eventually I'll get to that and I'll get elected. I am not going to the Hall of Fame. Actually, you know what's interesting? You just sparked my today. No, no, this weekend. Is the uh, 20th anniversary of our World Series team. They're doing a little reunion uh, up at Ashland University. Oh, cool. So 20th uh, year, and it's actually Saturday and Sunday. Wait, you were a part of that? Or not? I was part of that team. So you're not going to go? Nah, I, I mean, I can't. I mean, I, I yeah, can't you're go. busy, but. Yeah, so yeah. it's not great timing for it to go, but yeah. uh, it would have been cool to go up and see all the. For I don't sure. know how many guys are going back. I have no idea. But uh, that, that stuff is cool. You a high school reunion guy. Ever been there? No, no. See, well, I mean, I had 64 kids in my graduate. Well, I had 61. Three of them got arrested before the ceremony. So we, we had 61 <laughs> kids in my graduating class. True story, actually. And uh, no, I mean, we, we've never had a reunion just because I feel like Facebook nowadays, like it helps keep it's in touch true. with everybody. You should just um, then go to... Uh, maybe just like have a golf tournament. <laughs> 61 guys. Well, 61 people. Yeah, I mean, if you just have like a little bachelor party, have like 30 guys, and you're good to go. No worries. Uh, I I went to a high school reunion, I think the five-year one, for like 10 minutes. So I went to the front steps of it, and that was about it. I was really? like, I don't, know, don't even no, want to be here. It's not your style? And then, of course, I haven't been really in town. So, I But you. I do wonder if like... It's probably really cool to go to your high school reunion or college reunion of the sorts or like this World Series team that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, still 20 years to me is whatever. It would be cool, but it doesn't do much for me. Yeah. I think, like, let's see, I'm 41. So, you know, maybe another 20 years or 15 years, 
you know, 35, 40 years later. To, I don't know. Maybe it would do power, more for me. It's just the power of social media for me. Like, yeah, you just don't I, need I know to. exactly what all my classmates are doing. Like, what, isn't the mood blocked them over, over you? Okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> or, or maybe they, they blocked you, Brent. <laughs> don't uh, don't get it twisted. <laughs> but, yeah, like, well, I'm going to go to high school reunion uh, at our bowling alley and just be like, well, so you have some kids. How's that going? Cool. What are you doing now? Cool. Okay, well, see you another 10 years. Like, who really cares? Yeah. Uh, and, like, I agree. I'm with you, I man. I'm yeah. with you. I'm not, I don't think we share the same philosophy. <laughs> I really, I really do. <laughs> you think uh, you'll you'll go back there at some point? You have mean, to fill out the go, paperwork, so you we'll go do the show for Murray State. <laughs> now we're talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then right. actually, then I'll then I'll make a habit of uh, then with that paperwork, making me me and, me and John Moran the same year. Now that would be good. That'd be cool. That would be very good. That's show. a good distinction. I can tell you this: I'm not getting into the Ashland University Hall of Fame. Why not, man? You burned too, burn too, burn too many bridges. No, it wasn't good enough. I mean, too many bridges. That's that's good at burning bridges. It's okay. And uh, probably not getting into the East Providence High School Townies Hall of Fame either. Well, maybe oh, if we keep dominant. If I give enough money, maybe. <laughs> so that's kind of the that's trend, a good way right? to get in. Well, I feel like if ESPN ever has a Hall of Fame, maybe we can, you know, work our way up to the ESPN Hall of Fame. Yeah, we of got, got a little ways rent. to go. Well, I'm not getting ahead of ourselves. Now, if we put a little Hall of Fame right in this office area, we got a chance. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and, and as far as producers are concerned, I mean, we, we haven't had a lot of them, but... Uh, <laughs> but Kuzart's killing it, man. Oh, you, you'd be surprised, actually. Don't be so hard on yourself, man. I'm going to miss you when you're gone, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, hey, Brian Burns in Florida State uh, Pro Day in Tallahassee. There's really not a lot coming out of there. I will tell you that. I mean, talk to some folks in Tallahassee. We have Tashawn Reed on once in a while from The Athletic. I think he's going to join us next week. Uh, we hope to be able to have him on. Just uh, spoke to him moments ago. He's unable to call us. and it, But he said you really didn't. There wasn't a lot of drama coming out of there, uh, which isn't surprising. Uh, Burns and, and Murray uh, only participated in position drills, according to Tashawn. Uh, DeMarcus Christmas said he ran a 4.9. And uh, Jacques Patrick slimmed up, lost some weight. Ran a 4-5, uh, the running back. So, again, Burns is the story. Nyquan Murray is interesting. I think some of these guys like Christmas and Patrick are interesting for middle to late rounds and see where they end up. But from a first-round, top-40 kind of player, no doubt Brian Burns is a guy, pass rusher, and seems like a guy with momentum climbing up mock draft boards if you want to put a lot of stock in that. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see where they land. Uh, the other part of uh, some college football talk, uh, Dan Mullen we caught up with yesterday about his Gators team, and we actually were talking about a lot of the athletes, the pro day guys, you know, the Jawan Taylors of the world, the locals that were there, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. But we did have a chance to catch up about this year's football team in spring and the orange and blue game coming up in a couple of weeks. And a scrimmage uh, took place today in Gainesville. Here's Dan Mullen talking about this edition of uh, his football team coming off a big year. Hopefully everybody's motivated when they saw 32 NFL teams out here watching our guys. So hopefully they're motivated to go practice and have a good practice today. Uh, and then tomorrow's scrimmage, you know, hey, it's the first scrimmage after installations. So how they're translating each installation into actual, instead of, you know, controlled periods, into a game and how they're turning over game situations. And, you know, it'll be the first time we're tackling in spring and see how guys can put it all together. Uh, there's Dan Mullen talking about his football team and uh, what does that give you? Who knows? Uh, we'll find out uh, what goes on in the scrimmage and, and if they share some more information in the coming days. But also the orange and blue game coming up on the 13th. Florida State Garnet and Gold game coming up on uh, Saturday, April 6th. So that's just a week away. By the way, JU Dolphins have their spring game uh, with Ian Shields on Saturday. So uh, a lot happening in college football. 
I've said this before. High school will probably uh, get going in the next few weeks, too. Uh, I think uh, Coach told us last week, Coach Tolbin, I think it was in the middle of April where they get rocking and rolling. Uh, high schools aside, I think we starve for football so much that we put way too much emphasis in the spring. I understand mm-hmm. that it's important for the the inner workings. I think for coaches, I think for the students, for the um, student athletes, I, I think there's an importance level to it. But we, on the outside, fans, media, everything else, because we starve at times for more football, I think we put way too much in- emphasis on it. We put too much stock in it. These spring games really have absolutely zero impact or very little impact on really what happens in the fall. I'm just I'm just not ah. over the top about this stuff like so many people are. See, we're talking about the Florida Gators, though. Listen, they're replacing two tackles in Jerron Taylor and Martez Ivy. So that's something you want to keep an eye on just for the fact that you're plugging two new guys in there, especially with the quarterback like Felipe Franks, who's playing with a new offensive line. Even in the spring, you want to keep an eye on that. And then you want to keep an eye on also as the backup quarterback, Emory Jones, as well. Has he made that progress? Uh, he, you know, the coach has been ranting and raving about him. Uh, I'll say it one more time. Coach said that he added girth. Coach Mullen said that Emory Jones has added girth to him. So from that perspective, uh, there are some cool things good. to watch. Girth is good. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I'd rather say muscle, but girth, so but, be it. Uh, by the way. They're four months away from playing anything meaningful. Maybe four and a half for five months away. I just don't know what correlates. Team chemistry gets built in the spring. Again, bro. those are inner working infrastructure type things. That doesn't. That shouldn't excite fans to the level it does. But we starve for football and it does. Oh, we, I, Nothing so, translates is my point. Your opinion we today. We starve for some football. We're not really starting for the AFF, I guess. But no, your opinion today on the Gators or Knowles really means zero. By the time we get to September and start rolling up for Florida, it will be uh, in late August. I'm going to give away some Tim Tebow Celebrity Golf Classic tickets when we come back. And we're going to make some predictions in Major League Baseball, even though the season's already started. Next. <laughs> you watch Action Sports Jacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Now Action Sports Jacks is on your radio. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna Jar and Levine Studios. Here's your host, Brent Martineau. I believe in the Church of Baseball. I've tried all the major religions and most of the minor ones. I've worshipped Buddha, Allah, Brahma, Vishnu, Siva, trees, mushrooms, and Isadora Duncan. I know things. For instance, there are 108 beads in a Catholic rosary and there are 108 stitches in a baseball. When I learned that, I gave Jesus a chance. It's a long season and you got to trust it. I've tried them all I really have. And the only church that truly feeds the soul day in, day out, is the Church of Baseball. Bull Durham. Ah, very good. Yep. Well played. Thank you very much. Well well done. Baseball theme continues here on opening day in the big leagues. By the way, we'll hand off to baseball coverage on ESPN at 6 o'clock. And you can catch the Red Sox game right here on ESPN 690, 7 o'clock. Seattle Mariners and the Boston Red Sox. I had no influence on that, by the way. It was already planned. <laughs> Although, if we sh- we play the Red Sox every night on ESPN 690, that would not be a uh, terrible thing in my book. Dodgers are winning 6 to nothing. Houston over Tampa Bay 5-1. The Cubs 7-2 over Texas at the moment. Oakland has a 3 to nothing lead over the Angels and Mike Trout. Atlanta losing to Philly 6-3. to I have not checked. Let's see how Bryce Harper is doing. In his debut, 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. That's worth uh, 330 million. What a hater! It's 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 the first game. Relax. I know it's first game of a dozen years. But, I get it. But <laughs> but isn't it funny though the fact that like 
everyone tends to panic the very first week oh, yeah. of baseball. I mean, even I had it. So the Brewers, I think the the very first pitch uh, was a home run, and one of my friends texted me like, "Whoa, whoa, our starting pitcher sucks! <laughs> it looks like Brewers gonna go back to the bottom of the division again." I'm like, "Dude, it's literally the first inning. Just relax." Absolutely. Yeah. Cleveland, Minnesota, scoreless. Colorado four nothing over Miami right now in the fourth. Cincinnati one zip over Pittsburgh. Uh, White Sox in Kansas City in a rain delay. Actually, you know the weather around. The country, I think, for baseball is not bad. Sometimes you get some nasty stuff, and it's not bad here on opening day. Yankees uh, beat Baltimore seven to two. Mets beat Washington two to nothing. Milwaukee over St. Louis five to four. So there's your scoreboard uh, for Major League Baseball on opening day. Going to give away some uh, Tim Tebow Celebrity Golf Classic tickets. That is on Saturday. All you have to do is call 904-362-9901. 904-362-9901. Say hello to Scott, and you can win a four-pack to the Tim Tebow Celebrity Golf Classic on Saturday at TPC Sawgrass. Tim will have his gala tomorrow night for his foundation and uh, raise a lot of money. And then on Saturday, have the golf classic with some celebrities, including uh, Florida Gators coach uh, Dan Mullen. Are you doing that? Are you going to be in that? Or no? Uh, no, I'm not uh, Come on, man. Not playing that. You're a celebrity. Uh, we may, maybe we stop by. I do have a little softball with Kaylee uh, this weekend, so it doesn't look like it's on my radar. But it can be on yours. Uh, you can win a four-pack of tickets, 904-362-9901. Thanks again to uh, Palm Beach Autographs uh, for giving away those tickets and sharing them here with uh, ESPN. Call Six now. Operator is standing by. Operator standing by. <laughs> you love doing some of those traditional things. I like that a lot. Uh, also, John Bachman stopped by earlier. He's got an event that uh, he's a part of, and we're going to do our live sports from there tonight uh, on Fox 30 at 6.50, right when I'm done with this. It's called Wish Madness, and you can go to wishmadness.com and buy tickets tonight to this event. Watch some of the games, obviously Florida State, Gonzaga. Nice. And uh, local craft breweries will be there, fine restaurants, and helping out uh, a bunch of uh, local kids. 6.30 tonight, Mercedes-Benz of Jacksonville, which I believe is on Atlantic Boulevard. And uh, you can go online and purchase those tickets. Still time to do so. The event starts in an hour, but it will run for a couple hours. So you don't have to get there right at 630. Um, hope to see you over there. Help support uh, Johnny Bachman and everybody else who's uh, supporting Make-A-Wish here in Jacksonville. All right, you wanted to do it. Baseball predictions. Mm. Well, you told me to do it. I so did. this isn't me. I mean, I just did what I was told. I had to do my homework last night. Did you do your homework? And what did you come up with i did my homework yeah so should we just start you have the these east? written down yeah because later on you'll have to forward them to me and we okay. have to keep this okay and we have to see um who wins sounds like a plan yeah not betting a tattoo on it so oh yeah you don't have much confidence do you so uh where do you want to start this got interesting the, the al east or where are we starting here yeah starting the al east uh, Brent, you know, I mean, the Red Sox are a good team. Yeah. You know, they're pretty solid. But I'm you taking, can't hurt my feelings. But I'm taking the Yankees, man. Uh, I mean, let's be honest here. Judge Stanton sounds like runs they added to their to their starting pitching a little sounds bit. Sounds like bringing strikeouts. Their, bringing their big maple, James Paxton from Seattle. I think he's going to be a good starting pitcher for them. Now, granted, their relief pitching, a little suspect. CeCe Sabathia is out. He's kind of up there in age. Don't know when he's coming back. But I think from the, the hitting, um, from the talent, uh, I'm definitely going to take the New York Yankees winning that. Oh, right. and, and also Aaron Hicks will be the, the, the so I guess you can call him a leadoff man. My pick right now for leadoff man of the year. <laughs> Is there such a Aaron thing Hicks. in baseball? Lead no, off man no, of the year. but I just made it up. <laughs> 
I highly like that. He has been 690. Like uh, we got a man of the year. I can't wait. We're going to give away right the man of the year at the end of the year. <laughs> right That's down. awesome. Uh, they are without Didi Gregorius, and they have a bunch of strikeouts. And the Yankees' big thing is can you pitch mm-hmm. and starting pitching. And they didn't get enough of that last year. And I still don't believe they did enough of the good, th- the little things. We'll see if they add that to their repertoire this year because they hit home runs and they struck out. And it did not fare well for them in the postseason. That's not postseason baseball. You still have to be able to do little things, and you have to be able to pitch. Their bullpen's fantastic. Starting pitching was questionable at times, and even they did pretty well in the postseason. But there were too many situations where they left guys on base, and if they had just played a little, not necessarily small ball, but situational ball, I think they would have uh, been better off in the postseason. But you got the Yankees. Go ahead. I won't comment about everyone, but I love what commenting about no, the Yankees. No, it's your turn. Oh, no, you, you roll through. Okay, and then I'll, okay, roll I'll through. Then. All right, so AL Central. Got to go with the Indians. Uh, I think they have some of the best pitchers in baseball. We got Kluber, Bauer, uh, Carrasco. Carrasco? Carrasco, yeah. Carrasco, yeah. Uh, Three guys that can go deep in the lineups. Uh, They can take some pressure off the relievers. Um, I get that the Twins are kind of the end pick this year. It seems like everyone's taking the Twins. No, I'm all good. I'm Go and give me the Indians uh, by a long shot, actually. Uh, In the West... Astros, you know, I mean, I guess the pretty obvious one. They have the pitching, they have the hitting, they have the young talent. Uh, Astros all day. So that's the AL. So boring. Don't worry, man. We, we, we spice things up a little bit now. Uh, and at least taking the Phillies. Uh, obviously, they had a Bryce Harper, but and this is funny because I wrote this down, you know, last night. But uh, McCutcheon is going to be like my comeback player of the year. Yeah, Brett Myers like McCutcheon if signing, I'm, too. If I'm not mistaken, he had a pretty good day today to start things off. Did he, I think he had a home run. He's yeah. lead off for him, yeah. Yep, so... Uh, a lead-off and a lead-off player of the year. And a lead-off lead player of the year candidate <laughs> coming from uh, ESPN 690. So I like the Phillies win the, the NL East. The Central, listen, I think the, the NL Central is actually the most loaded division in baseball. Not yeah, just because I'm a Brewers fan. I mean, you got the Cubs, the Cardinals, even the Pirates and the Reds are kind of making a, a come up as well. But NL Central, go ahead and give me the Brewers, baby. Uh, their starting pitching isn't obviously going to knock your socks off. They didn't address it in the offseason, which kind of makes me a little nervous. Obviously, the, the whole plan with Craig Council is that they're going to rely on what got into the show last year, and that's the relief pitching headed by Josh Hader. If he can stay healthy, uh, they're definitely going to have a chance. As far as offense, they probably have one of the quietest MVPs of all time in Christian Yelich. He actually went yard today already. Uh, they end up resigning Mike Moustakis. Moose, as they call him. Um, he's another good addition. And then, obviously, the biggest addition of the offseason, Yasmani Grando, uh, the catcher, um, signed him to a deal. Uh, that was really the one thing that the Brewers are lacking, was good catching. So, props to them for doing that. Uh, Travis Shaw, expect big things from him. So Brewers taking the Central. The NL West is my surprise. I'm taking the Rockies. And maybe it's not that much of a surprise, but if you look at a Dodgers team that lost Muchado, that, that lost Puig, and, get, and don't get me wrong, like, Yasiel Puig wasn't really that big from until the postseason. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like uh, from a young town and everything like that, he was one of their, their, their guys in the, in the clubhouse. So I'm taking the Rockies, though, for sure. Charlie Blackman, Daniel Murphy, Trevor the American Horror Story, as I'm calling him this year. Um <laughs> I like that lineup a lot. I like that. I like that pick. I like that lineup. And then uh, World Series, I got the Brewers and the Astros. Yeah, that a baby. Yeah. And then uh, That's two NL Central teams, I know. normally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, and here's the thing about it. So, like, to me... I think they were, right? They were both the, in the exactly, NL Central, yeah, right? But back when Houston was absolutely trash, um, I feel like 
So a lot of what the Brewers are trying to do is like based off what the Astros have done. When the fact that they're trying to build it in the farm system and whatnot. Now, granted, Milwaukee has added a lot of key pieces, Christian Yelich being one of them. But for a long time, the Brewers just built in the farm system. I mean, guys like Corey Hart. I mean, Braun's a farm system guy. Prince Fielder was a farm system guy. So I feel like I see the Brewers and I see the Astros, and I'm like, those are two teams that kind of mimic each other a little bit. Now, if you look at the rosters this year, not even close. The starting pitching edge is with the Astros. But from that perspective, I'm taking the Brewers, man. You got to. All right, I like it. Uh, find out my prediction and stay in your lane when we come back here on ESPN 690. One more break here on a Thursday, opening day in big league ball. And we'll put a bow on the show here on ESPN 690. Stay with us. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks with Brent Martineau on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. to the ball game. Never gets old. What do you, what do you got on the magic whiteboard that you were saying? Too high. Too high? What is that from? A quote. Too high. Major League? Yeah, nailed it. We didn't have a Major League reference until I know, now. that's why I put it on the board. I'm like, give me some Bob, you could give me something. I had to wear it. On a juvenile delinquent <laughs> in the offseason in his Major League debut. Vaughn <laughs> into the lineup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. The fact that he could give me some Bob, you, and all of a sudden he chalked it up, ready to serve. Like, unbelievable, man. Scott's the man. Scott is the man. Ready to go. Chalked up and ready to serve. I appreciate you, Scott. All right, uh, I gotta write this down. Right, well, okay, I'll write it. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying in baseball. I used to love that movie as a kid, which made zero. I mean, you know, like so, like, instance like Bull Durham wasn't really a movie. Like I saw it as a kid, but I couldn't really appreciate it because yeah. it, it was, yeah, it was yeah. a little bit of a slower movie. But for whatever reason, man, I was I was a big fan of A League of Their Own. That was a good movie. That was, was a good. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Tom Hanks, man. Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna was in that one. They had a, a, the cat. We just saw it actually, or maybe we caught it halfway through, and Gina the kids Davis. were watching it. And it is amazing the cast they had in yeah. that movie. Yeah, cast was really good because the cast is so good that I knew who they were. <laughs> I mean, that's that's when you know you got a pretty something. good cast. Yeah, that's saying something. All right, let's run it down here, okay? I'm Can not going. It? I'm going to homer up and go with the Red Sox. They've got such good starting pitching. Their lineup's good. I'm concerned about their bullpen, but that's okay in the regular season. Their bullpen will hurt them this year in the postseason, though. Where if you don't have that lockdown closer, an eighth inning guy, and that's where the Yankees uh, r- right now have a big advantage, I believe. I am going with the Minnesota Twins and Rocco Baldelli. Wow. Yeah. I think the Twins. Hopping on the hype train. Even beyond Baldelli, who, by the way, Baldelli's from Rhode Island, if you didn't know that. And uh, one of the first things I covered in this business that was at least a bigger story, he was the fourth pick out of Rhode Island. That does not happen in the Major <laughs> League Baseball draft very often. Tremendous athlete. Uh, ran into some hard luck with injuries and, and uh a fatigue disease, really, that got him out of baseball. But now he's the manager of the Minnesota Twins, and I think he's got a pretty good roster. I think they've put him in a pretty good position. Okay. He spent a lot of time in Tampa, did well in Tampa. Actually, was with the Red Sox, I think, as a coaching uh, on the coaching staff, too, for a short time. But uh, 
Uh, Rock'em Ball Deli. I'm going to pick them. Cleveland Indians are everybody's favorite pick, and I understand why. Landor does start the year on the shelf. But, again, it's a long season, so it's not going to hamper them too, too much, uh, I don't think. And I think the team to keep an eye on here for me is is the Angels. And I, I'm not in love with the Angels, but I'm not going to keep my eye on them for the um, – to win the division. I like Houston to win the division. Yeah. They've got their two stats. So but I think the idea, to me, the, the wild card teams are really fascinating. Mm-hmm. How do you not put the Yankees in there? Okay, I'll give the Yankees a wild card. But then for me, then that leaves this trio of teams where it could be Tampa, who I think overachieved last year, mm-hmm. but they won a lot of games. And who knows, maybe they'll do it again. I think the Angels are in that mix. And then because of the way I picked the Twins, I think the Indians would be in that mix. Yeah, The Indians had, like, no friction at all in that division last year. Nothing. And so I, I just feel like that's going to change. I, I think somebody's going to run into them, and I, I'm going to give it to Minnesota. So I've got the Red Sox winning. i got Minnesota winning, and I have the Houston winning. And then in the wild card, I have to put the Yankees in there as much as I'd love to put them out of there. And I think in that last spot, I'm going to give it to the Angels. I think the Angels sneak in. And and get that last uh, wild card. So uh, I should probably say who my wild card teams were too. So I had the Sox and the Athletics. All right, those are my wild card teams. This is my moment for showing off my deep knowledge of baseball, and this is it. This is my one shot. The last team to go a first appearance in the World Series and win the World Series, the 2002 Anaheim Angels. Very good. Wow. You know, and they just finally outed, got rid of Mike Sosha, uh, right? I mean, that was Mike Sosha way back. Gosh, he was with that team for that long. Crazy, That's, right? That is crazy. And they've underachieved overall since then, you know. Uh, they, they certainly have uh, done that. Uh, in the National League East, I like the Braves. I think the Braves arrived early last year. I think the Braves, this is the year they really should uh, that is a tough division, man. Yep. Mets, Braves, Phillies, Nationals. You could pick either one. Any of them. one could. You're really. not picking the Marlins, and the Marlins will be a little bit better than they were, but they won't be. Well, uh, what is that really saying though? Yeah, they're, season, not, they're not ready to go. Yeah. Uh, I I think the Cardinals get back to the winning ways. Yeah. And again, great division. You just mentioned it. the NL is loaded. Good luck finding teams. I will go with the Dodgers to win um, out there in LA, and then I think the wild card teams will come from. One from the East, and I'm going to give it to the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Again, another young team emerging. This hasn't really – I think they could. you could pick this team without Bryce Harper. I don't know the effect, Bryce Harper. I'm curious about the Bryce Harper effect. I'm curious – I'm less curious about Machado because San Diego's not really built yet. But I think Phillies came on strong last year and showed a lot and then fizzled down the stretch. But – I'm not sure how much better Harper makes him. I think it's this the 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 totality of that young team growing and taking another step. And, and then Harper, of course, will help. I'm not saying it doesn't help mm-hmm. them. Uh, and then in the uh, the central, I have a hard time getting away with the Cubs. I'd love to pick your Milwaukee Brewers. I kind of yeah, like them, but I do have a hard uh, time getting here. away from Cubs. Uh, again, the NL is absolutely loaded. Uh, I don't have the angel. Here's one thing. I made a bet recently. Okay. And uh, therefore, I am. High stakes? Uh, pretty decent stakes. Okay. And therefore, I am not picking. This is a little bit to do. My, my well, picks are my predictions. What's the bet? You haven't, what's the bet? The bet is. I don't know if I want to share the bet. Well, it's not my money. I don't care. All right. So the bet is that the Yankees. 
Okay. Indians. Okay. Red Sox and Astros. Of those four teams. Great teams. Awesome teams. I took the field going to the World Series. <clears throat> you mean from the yeah. <laughs> from the AL? Yeah. Say, say those teams again. Yankees, Red Sox, Indians, Astros. <clears throat> I took the field. <clears throat> Gutsy. Um, Stupidity? You, you can call it gutsy if you want. You know? it's, it's, it's not my money, man, so I, I really don't care. You can do whatever you want to do. So, therefore, so who's, gonna, who's going to the World Series? I got the Minnesota Twins going to the World Series and Rocco Baldelli. Oh, wow. <laughs> or the Angels. Oh, I don't wow. care who goes, as long yeah, as none of those four teams. Uh, as and long I as figure, the top four hey, teams I, don't go. I figure I've got a couple of ways in here. As long as the Yankees don't go. But if the Red Sox go, I'm a winner either way. If the uh, and then the other teams don't go, then I then I can win the, the oh. my, my bet. Well, I can't wait till Brent starts asking me for money now after this whole uh, bet backfires in his face. It's all uh, good, but man. I am going to take the Cardinals to go to the World Series. I got okay. the Twins Cardinals World Series. How about that? Well, and I also I had the Cardinals in the wild card, and I had the Nationals in the wild card. Um, I'm just I can't go over that bet. That's crazy. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I'd like to pick the. Uh, I think the National League seriously is way. Um, up for grabs. True. I, 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 I really think it's hard to predict. Yeah. I think the, the Mets could make a move, although I'm just not a big believer in the Mets. They just, I don't know what would give you the belief, other than their pitching's great, but uh, their offense, look, today, they won 2 nothing. Now Scherzer was on the ball, but mm-hmm. uh, I just think they're going to really have trouble scoring runs. I think the NL Central's interesting because there's a lot of unknowns there, but you could emerge super teams coming out of there. They've yep. done it before, and... Who's on the verge of doing it? And the West is still a little bit unpredictable. Uh, you, I like your – you're going out on a limb a little bit with Colorado, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, listen, they've been the, the wild card the past two seasons. I feel like they take the next step this year, and they have the bats to do it. They have young pitching, young starting pitching that isn't proven yet, but um, that could be flashy. So I'm liking the Rockies. All right. Uh, and by the way, I just want to let you know, the radio rant that will take place if I do win this bet in October – well, just don't come in that day. Okay. It's going to be all about that bet. I'm just, I'm speaking from a logical point of view. I get but it. hey, it, it's sports and anything can happen. So uh, anything we'll can happen. All right. How about stay in your lane? It we'll can do happen. it real quick. Yeah. Uh, so cruise control. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, let me bring it up here. Jay Gruden um, may have got Colt McCoy uh, a pretty sweet endorsement deal because according to Jay Gruden on Tuesday, he revealed that Colt McCoy drinks a gallon of unpasteurized milk a day. Excuse me, sir? A gallon of milk a day. He said that it helps McCoy achieve strong bones, which I, that feels like a commercial in itself because <laughs> it McCoy's does. coming off some pretty Brought serious injuries. Brought to you by the dairy farmers well, of America. And McCoy's coming off some serious injuries. But um, I don't know, Colt, if you want strong bones, maybe just try a calcium supplement or something like that. Like I feel sick just thinking about drinking a gallon of milk a day. So uh, that was in the cruise control. I like it. And pump your brakes. Should, listen. Maybe should be in pump your brakes. Well, I, I kind of switched on the milk, but it was a cruise control on getting the endorsement. Yeah, I got exactly you. the endorsement part. Uh, props to Jay Gruden. And and following, like, listen, uh, make it short and sweet. I'm not going to get on a soapbox. Come on. I'm not going to get politi- I'm not going to get political on the show, Brent. Oh, please we, don't. Yeah, I don't really have but, time for that. Exactly. Neither do I. So all I'm going to say is 18 million dollars cut from the Special Olympics. Take it how you want it. Um, my mother-in-law actually works pretty close to the Special Olympics in Wisconsin. I know how much. Um, that event means to everybody. Uh, so that is in Pumpy Breaks. Like I said, not getting political, not going to get into it, but I thought it should be mentioned. Well, I do have an update on that story in the last 20 minutes, actually. 
Uh, Hit me with it. They have announced that uh, they're backing off the budget request to eliminate funding for the Special Olympics. Wow. So there was enough pushback on that. Sweet. Well, that's, that's awesome um, And appropriately news. so. Listen, yeah, I, I don't think, the news update, yeah, man. I don't think you need to... I don't, I, well, the, this isn't political to me. It's whether well, Jubilee funding for the Special Olympics should be there or not. To me, that doesn't say Republican or Democrat. Uh, it's just... And I understand that we have a Republican president in 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 office. I just think it's more. This has more to do less about politics to I me mean, than it does Special Olympics. I mean, Special Olympics, unbelievable thing. Exactly. And if you've ever covered it, been around it, seen it, it's you you'd give it fifty million dollars without a doubt. And so, listen, and uh, with budget cuts, I understand some sometimes money has to get cut from someplace. But I just ask that you consider doing it from someplace else, which I guess they are now doing because, obviously, there's some pushback. So that's great news on behalf of Special Olympics. Yeah. And so, again, that's just in the last uh, 20 minutes. Yeah. So. so let's go ahead and put that in my balling category. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it went from uh, pump the brakes, brakes to so right back into balling for tomorrow's balling. episode. Exactly. By the way, we're going to be at Stogie Fest tomorrow. Let's do it. Stogie's in, uh, on the south side. Yep. Three to six, show on location. And we got a big day because... It's Jack, uh, Jacksonville Iceman game, ESPN 690 night as well. We're going to be out there in the, between the, the uh, first two periods. Yes, sir. Apparently, we got a little <laughs> contest going on. Yes, we do. Not even fully aware of what's happening, but no. we're going to figure it out. I don't know if we have golf clubs, hockey sticks. I'm not sure what's going on. Preparation is overrated. I would, yeah, preparation is overrated. <laughs> it is overrated. Uh, and I would just say I hope it's golf clubs and not a hockey stick. I hope it's a hockey stick <laughs> and not a golf club. So, hey, there we go. And there might be, like, a golf foursome on the line. And so what we suggest, like, even if you win or I win, Maybe we just get a couple of listeners to come play golf with us. We're going to have to get you out for 18. Okay. Uh, you're asking a lot of me there, but um, hopefully I don't embarrass myself too bad. Uh, they have beverage, beverage carts, man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then, I'm, then, I'm, then I'm all in. That can, that can always uh, save the day. It's all good. Uh, of course. Uh, we're going over this Wish Madness event. Uh, you can check us out on TV, 650 on Fox 30. And, of course, we're handing off to baseball at ESPN. Red Sox Mariners tonight. ALEs champs. Defending World Series champs. Ailey's champs coming up this year, defending World Series champs from last year. And uh, thanks to Brett Myers for coming on. Thanks to Coach Jason Christie for coming on here on a Thursday edition. We'll put a bow on the week for sure. Uh, also, an hour away from tip, the NCAA tournament. Here's what I need. Unfortunately, my bracket needs Gonzaga, Texas Tech, Virginia, and really that's all I got alive tonight. That's it. It's going to be Michigan, Purdue, Gonzaga, and uh, Virginia over Oregon. Book it now. Call your bookies. Let's do this. Uh, put your kids' college tuitions on the line. Put these predictions in stone because I am the prophet. All right. I just can't lose the bracket game on ESPN690.com to Coos. That's really just all I'm trying to protect here. Or I don't me. even care about the baseball don't bet anymore. Don't lose me because I'll let you know about it. Yeah, that's, that's fine. You some, everybody's going to get lucky. <laughs> A little bit. Hey, thanks to Scott. For chipping in again today, and for Russell Lane, I'm Brent Martin. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you on TV, Fox 30 and CBS 47. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.